everyone. Welcome to episode 93 of Respawn Aim Fire. I am your, I guess, host for the week, Holden DePardo. I'm here with my traditional host over here with me. What's up? I'm Chad Michael Ennis. But as part of the year of guests, we have two special people with us this week. We have Stephen, is it Deutzman, you said? It's Deutzman, yeah. Deutzman, cool. Stephen Deutzman of Engaged Family Gaming. You have a, I'm getting that right? Engaged Family Gaming? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So we have a special guest from here. We also have a game enthusiast. Parker Begal, again the right. Begal, Begal, Begal. I did. I messed it up. I messed up boat. three times. You can call me like Holder or something many times on the podcast. Holder. <laughs> Hodor. Hodor. We have an exciting episode. I don't even <laughs> know ex- her. Ah, I'm sorry, I'm like talking over everybody here. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have an exciting episode. We're gonna be talking about Resident Evil Two because I've been playing that, and oh fuck, I'm so excited about it. It's awesome. We have more Switch Pro stuff of just Nintendo denying, so we'll get to that. We have the Metroid Prime reboot, and then there's actually information on which developers are working on next-gen games. So we're going to talk about all that stuff. I want to jump right into the development side of things. Let's go. I, Let's I'm excited about this. So GDC um, is a kind of yearly um, game developer um, conference that occurs, and there's the in- International Game association like game development association and they basically just gather information about um, the industry whether it's like you know how happy the employees are but in this case it's interesting to pointing out how many developers have worked are, are working on a next-gen games and so that's kind of been the the conversation is like when is next gen happening i think this is a pretty good sign of when it will happen or not so right now out of the four thousand developers that were uh, interviewed for this every year 18 percent of those are working on next-gen games the interesting part, though, I think is that 2% of those are next-gen specifically. The other 16% are cross-generational. Ooh, that kind of goes against the idea, like the Xbox idea that maybe next-gen will still play, like Xbox One X will still play next-gen games maybe. Like there's rumors out there yeah. that might be happening. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. apparently there might be some exclusive stuff. I mean, yeah, not it's... necessarily, right? 2% could just be a PS5 game. Like you're right, mm-hmm. you're right. Like the three guys, like they could be three dudes that are working on Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's also interviewing four thousand <clears throat> d- developers. It doesn't. It's not four thousand studios or anything like that. It's four thousand developers. Some mm-hmm. of those developers could be working for the same teams. I don't know exactly how they got the information. It's definitely a good point to bring out. But also, I'd imagine that if next gen were imminent, there'd be a lot more than even just eighteen percent. I don't know, because we all know PlayStation 5's so. coming this year. <laughs> it's so Shoot. not happening this year. I mean, I was I was pretty dead set in thinking that we weren't getting next-gen until 2021. And yeah. here we are. We're having these discussions. These news stories are popping up. I seriously doubt this is the last one we hear of. Oh, no. So, I mean, the hype train is beginning to build. How fast Absolutely. is it going? Yeah. I don't think we know. I've been surprised myself with how many, you know, is next gen happening stories are happening lately. It feels like every week there's kind of something new. And I keep saying, well, we're not going to talk about it. But no, this is tangible. Like, we should talk about it. This is not. (laughs) So we keep having to talk about it because it keeps um, becoming important. Um, I was on, I was in your boat too, Parker, of 2021. And now I'm kind of thinking maybe 2020 because it's just, uh, it is building up faster. I think the train's moving faster than, um, than I would have originally expected, because they like the last generation of gaming consoles was eight years long, so we're not even there yet. But that that was an anomaly. It's usually four to five years. 
So it's kind of, it's been a little bit vaguer in terms of like what this generation length is going to look like based on what happened last generation. So yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking 2020 Chad. I disagree still, but he thinks it's 2019 still. I he's just, insane. I just he's insane. my thing is Xbox, absolute crazy talk. <laughs> Xbox had to give up on this generation, and I think that they are they are obviously putting all their eggs in the next generation basket, and I think mm-hmm. that they're going to try to make that happen m- maybe by the end of this year. I mean, they announced that they're working mm-hmm. on the next console at last E3. They did, yeah. And we saw how much of a, of a gain that gave them with the previous generation systems, Xbox 360. They had a year lead on it everyone else. Though. It did, right off the bat for a long time. It didn't. Time. At, at, the, at the end, but by the end, it didn't matter. PlayStation, right. I think people have this story that like PlayStation caught up after years of struggling. They struggled for like a few months, and then they picked back up again, and they were neck and neck. It wasn't they as were close neck and neck as... For a well, few months. I'm talking, when I say neck and neck, I'm saying neck and neck in terms of sales per month. Oh, it was right. closer, yeah. But in terms of so the it install was, base and all that kind of stuff, that's... Of course, it had a year to head start, but it caught right. up. So basically means that PS3 was doing better throughout its life cycle than Xbox 360 was doing throughout its life cycle. Yeah. Because it's a shorter life cycle, and the same number of consoles were sold roughly. Yep. So... I just don't think PlayStation can give them another head start. Well, I think that in this case... I think that's a, that's a fair point. I'll definitely take that. I think also... Because Xbox or because Microsoft just bought all these studios, waiting is going to benefit them because they can then launch with the games from these studios. Mm-hmm. If they launch it this year, they none of those studios are going to have games ready. Even next year, they might not have those games ready. I mean, it's it's a tough call. But again, I think yeah, getting out early would be nice. And if a lot of these games are cross generational and they can get away with releasing early because. Well, it's just going to be like an Xbox One X temporarily, where it's just going to look better than your other games um, you're currently playing already. But the really cool stuff's going to be coming a little bit later. I don't see them doing that. I think that'd be like a, a soft launch of a console, and no one's ever attempted that before, and it would really weaken the the uh, the hype. Steven, you seem to agree a lot. You've got a, a lot of head nodding going on there. Um, I think you're nuts that anything's coming this year. I think you're absolutely insane. <laughs> I think you're crazy. crazy too, um, I mean, I, I, I disagree. I mean, the part that I agree with is about the studio thing. Like, none of those games are going to be ready this year. None. They're gonna, oh, yeah. I, 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 I would be stunned if we see logos from some of those games at E3 this year. And mm-hmm. so I, I, that's the part that I agree with. Um, you know, they don't want to put out a new con- there's no point in putting out a new console and having the narrative be oh okay there's a new box but what do i play on it like they don't want that that they spent yeah. all this money so that they don't have to do that um mm-hmm. i mean that's also the struggle of any console launch is every console launch is generally weaker than what's coming up ahead I think this setup would make it even weaker, and Microsoft needs to come out guns a blazing. Hot take: They're yeah. going to. My opinion: I've been an Xbox fanboy since the original Xbox, and so there's a little bias in my voice. However, <laughs> I think Xbox immediately when Sony announces they're not going to host an E3 press conference, that is my guess when everybody's getting in a conference room talking a little bit about okay how do we take advantage of this because this is an opportunity for them and so that's true what what glimpse do they show of the next consoles that don't come in 2019 but 2020 or 2021 Mm -hmm. and then i think they do i think they have a couple of maybe maybe not any gameplay footage or anything like that maybe a little in engine footage or logos to throw up on that screen to get people excited because there's 
not been a whole lot to be excited for as somebody who loves Xbox yeah. so much in the last few years. And they know mm-hmm. that they've got to win the gamers back. Everybody knows at this yeah. point in time, it's about the games. It's not necessarily about your console or the bullshit that revolves around things like the Connect and all that anymore. Yeah. I think they've figured that out the hard way. Oh, yeah, it was a hard hard lesson to learn. <laughs> do, do you guys, do the three of you remember the E3 where Nintendo, this is one of the last live um, shows Nintendo did um, where they brought out Kirby and Donkey Kong and... You know, and they just went absolutely bananas. Yep. Um, and it was the Wii at the tail end of its life cycle, right? And like, mm-hmm. they still just stomped on everybody's face. Um, and Microsoft has the potential to like do that. Um, mm-hmm. maybe not this year, but like, you know, it, I it feels to me like they really want that. Um, and they really mm-hmm. want that moment where they can just kind of lay it all out on the table and be like, this is what we spent that money on. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like this Absolutely, year's the year yeah. to do it. But, I mean, this is – but like, – They also <laughs> – like you know. They also said recently – I think – I can't remember who said it. I might've, it might have been Phil Spencer, but don't quote me on that entirely. He said something on the lines of um, this year – this is in a, one of the um, uh, Major Nelson posts. This year's E3 will be as big as we've ever had. They didn't say it's going to be our biggest E3 ever. It's like, yeah, it's going to be like the other ones you liked. You'll like this one too. Like, so they're not they're, using that quote. And most ambitious to date. Yeah, we're taking E3 to the next level this year. <laughs> um, so I think they're recognizing that they can't go guns blazing yet. Because I think you're right, absolutely, Stephen. That those studios, once they can show stuff off, that's going to be the best E3 ever. Last E3 was really cool because they had a lot of third party stuff, but they want to be able to show that. Those exclusives. Well, they could do that again. That's they the can thing. do that again. Absolutely. They can do that yeah. again because as soon as Sony was like, "All right, we're not going," that means they can go, "All right, Bungie, how about some Destiny stuff? How about some DLC for Red Dead Online? Let's just mm-hmm. how about some Ubisoft stuff?" Like they can go get all those things because they don't have yeah. to compete at these different tables. Shoot, they could mm-hmm. have Nintendo crap on there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they they could absolutely. They well, they didn't do it at E three, but they've been much more friendly with Nintendo lately. I, I, um, anything is on the table now. It's also Who kind of the, the Switch's knows? gear right now, I think. And I don't think other studios or other companies really want to get in the way of that. Like, you're going to the other, back to the stats from the GDC. Um, I thought this was interesting, too. The consoles that have um, the most interested developers right now, 45% of developers said that Switch was their most interested or, or was interesting console to them. 34% said <sighs> PS4, 28% Xbox, and 60% said PC. So, like, right now, Switch is the most, um, of the consoles at least, is the most uh, interesting um, for developers right now. So, I think that's kind of where developers are focusing on right now. That's where games will be coming out mostly um, while we're waiting for the next gen to, to show up. Yeah. Switch is going to be kind of like the highlight. And I think that it'd be stupid for Microsoft or Sony to try to take the spotlight with with a lot of nothing in comparison to a third year of a console being out is going to be a lot more interesting than the last few years of fade out basically so i don't know but i want to talk about what we've been playing lately because i'm honestly just dying to talk about resident evil 2 (laughs) 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 anything else you guys want to say about that at all are we do you think no i'm i'm with you do you think this year I have a feeling we might see, and in fact, we might have already seen one of this with Halo Infinite, but do you think we'll see like another almost watchdogs kind of thing where it is oh, a absolutely. next gen yeah. trailer that we see? We just don't yet know that it's totally. not coming to. We already did. We already I don't have. Think so. I don't yeah. think so. I, are you saying Cyberpunk or Death Stranding? Me? Yeah. I, 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 I think both of those. 
I think cross generational maybe in the same way like Last of Us was. I don't see it, or like GTA was, GTA Five was. I don't see it as like these like Cyberpunk is. They've said it's current gen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know they lie they all the Death time. Was, uh, current yeah, that's fine. But... Sure, that's fine. but it's also like as a as a marketing thing. Like people get upset when Diablo Four didn't get announced alongside sure. yeah. Diablo Immortal. Yeah. People are going to be pissed. If it's like, oh, you thought you could buy this for your PS4? You can't. <laughs> it's actually a PS5 game. Counterpoint. Okay. Um, and I'll, 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 I'll address this to the, the Diablo 4 thing. Half mm-hmm. of the people that got really mad about Diablo 4, like that dude that was like, was this an April Fool's joke or whatever? <laughs> he's gonna buy it on his phone. Yeah. Like, half <laughs> of the people that are really mad are gonna buy the new Diablo. Period. Yeah, but it doesn't, stop. it doesn't. And, and See? then the other people that got mad, the other half yeah. of them, uh, like, are just gonna forget about it in an hour anyway. Like, I, exactly, they weren't interested. I understand. In I understand what okay, you're saying. But Absolutely. If, if there is marketing that says, like, all right, Death Stranding, it cannot be a PS5 game unless it's cross generational. It cannot be a PS5 exclusive okay. because they've said in marketing running on PS4. All this is running on PS4. Well, so it would be disingenuous wait, marketing. They did. They absolutely have said like, this is run on PS4 hardware. Okay, so for the clips, I'll pull up. A, I'll send you. A clip no, right I now. believe you. I believe yeah. you. I don't Dad recall very skeptical. it. I believe you um, to the point where I'm not going to ask you to cite sources. I um, <laughs> no, I, I just don't think any... I want to make sure myself. Okay, I mean that's fine. Um, I believe you. Um, I just don't care. I don't trust anyone, and the main reason is <laughs> um, <laughs> the main reason is. They could absolutely make it cross-generational. Um, Watch Dogs was cross-generational, and do we remember how bad the Xbox 360 port of that game was? Yeah. I mean, you know another one that was cross-generational? Shadows of Mordor. Do you remember what they did to the 360 port of that? It didn't have the Nemesis system. So, like, they could absolutely say, okay, this is on PS4, but if you want the advanced features, it's going to you know, whatever transformational online experience, it's on PS5. Um, I trust no one in marketing and PR because all uh, th- their entire um, their entire job description is get us hype. Sure, it, but there's it's also not to deliver truth that they could, that they could you know get fined for sure. saying sure. hey this is this game but it's actually something else. Like, sure. There are laws designed around that. Um, sure. They did write um, before the trailer in E3 2018. Um, where's the quote? Ah, I just lost it. Okay. Here's a, a tweet from uh, Kojima. Death Stranding E3 trailer out now. Actual game running in 4K on PS4 Pro. Sure. All right. He can't. They can't say that and then not ship it on PS4. But uh, I will say, uh, just on the Death Stranding note, I'm not yeah. as well versed in Cyberpunk, but Kojima said we're already playing the game, right? And so sure. does that mean that that social functionality, whatever yeah. that may be, maybe that's offered on the next generation of consoles and then just oh, the base right. game and that connectivity mm-hmm. isn't offered on the PS4 function. And so mm-hmm. maybe you don't get that piece. Yeah. If, I mean, that would be my only guess is to that, to speak on that. Cause I could see them doing it. And mm-hmm. it, I think marketing and PR, a lot of times they are full of shit. That's what I got my degree in. And I'm sure. a lot of times full, full of shit, but full, of, <laughs> full of shit though, but full of shit is in marketing sense is more of a stretch of the truth. And like saying it's on PS4, just came PS5. It's not a stretch of the truth. It's a blatant lie. Do you remember well, Last Guardian though? I mean, that was a PS3. But title. that was that was a different situation. It went through development hurdles. They had a, it, was it canceled? Was it not canceled? We're having to switch development to this console now because it's been if, too long. A different story, not equivalent. If, a and, month from now, <laughs> yeah. they could 
<coughs> Excuse me. Goodness gracious. Bless what the hell you. was that? Um, yeah. <laughs> a month Bless from now, you. they could... You thank you. <laughs> yeah, I got to get my shit together. Um, in three months, they could send out a press release and say, just to let you guys know, mm-hmm. hit a development snag. We're canceling the PS4 version of this, moving it to PS5. They could 100% sure. do that. And that could... I mean, and that would kind of circumvent all of, you know, some of the marketing stuff. You're right. They can't just not do it. They can't just ignore yeah. it. But mm-hmm. Sony is savvy enough that if they I, – I, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a betting man because I've paid for that with my soul, and we'll talk about that <laughs> offline. Um, some, of the, some of my other podcast co-hosts are evil, evil people, so I don't make bets anymore. But were I a betting man, <laughs> I would bet that that, that game – is not coming to the PS4. I want to play Cyberpunk. It. Um, Cyberpunk. I don't know, man. That, is that game ever coming out? Like, but <laughs> no. If I were if I were a betting man, I would say Death Stranding. I do not believe is coming out on the PlayStation Four. Or if it does, it's going to be a super neutered version, a la Watch Dogs or Shadows mm. of Mordor. I can see I can see that argument for Cyberpunk because we know it's a very complicated game. With lots of systems in the background that are just just designed to be really robust and make that experience feel real, and sure. I can see where like, hey, you know, we did need an next gen hardware to to pull that off. I mean, that forty five minute demo was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. However, Death Stranding, I don't know if I, I don't really we don't really know what kind of game Death Stranding is to know if it's going to have like a Nemesis system type thing that would prevent sure. it from being made. I don't know. Um, but I, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't. I don't agree. I think it's coming to PS4. I think that they. That's wouldn't. fine. Unless they. Fight, unless you're right. Fight, unless they fight, cancel fight. and say like pull a cool, <laughs> foreshadowing. It, it, unless they pull like a Nintendo and reboot um, Death Stranding from the ground <laughs> up again. Ooh, that was yeah. pretty good. That was pretty good. It, it really feels like we should segue after that. But no, we got to talk about Resident Evil Two. We do. Yeah, but that's going to be the end. We'll save that Metroid stuff for the end. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about. Um, let's get to playtime. Um, I, I wrote in here Chad played Beat Saber, but he actually didn't play Beat Saber. I'm yeah, amazed. for the first week in since it came out, I didn't play Beat Saber this week. But it's because I moved. So I spent mm. a few days packing things up, ah, and then okay. I got here. I just finished unpacking my VR yesterday. So rest assured, I will have played Beat Saber some more this week. Well, you're in luck. We can still talk about Beat Saber because I played Beat Saber this what? week. What? <laughs> Was it life-changing? Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about it because we talk about it every single week. But no, um, I'm a vendor for Oculus, and we recently got demos for Beat Saber. So I got a chance to play Beat Saber demos. Fun game. Anyway, that's you loved it. And it was was the best thing you've ever done in your life. It was a demo of it, though. It was like you picked one of two songs. What song? You can't choose a difficulty. I don't even remember. It literally said play level one or play level two. Damn it. Yeah. (laughs) You've got to play all of them. Well, I mean, it's not that hard. He's got two choices. I know. I I played both of them. (laughs) Boom. Two for two. (laughs) Yeah, I have not played Beat Saber. I desperately want to. It's the most amazing Everyone I've shown it off to loves it. Everybody. Yeah. I know I will love it. The the issue we have is the general. That's what I refer to my wife as. She is the general. (laughs) Um, She has made it very clear. Listen, I follow orders. Um, The uh, the VR, um, because it's not necessarily, it's not recommended for kids. So um, I am not allowed to give demos to kids 13 or under. Yeah. So yeah. and so or my oldest years. is twelve, he'll be thirteen in a handful of months, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's like, Well, he's fine because you know, he you know, because the issues with the vision, he's he's gonna be fine, but like yeah. 
with any time, and they talked about it on GameScoop this past week, I don't know if you guys listened to that, but they talked, like, once you give it to the older kid, like, the younger kids, by default, kind of get it. Right. And she's like, we have a six-year-old, I don't want her playing Beat Saber, um, because (laughs) I don't want to screw up her vision, or whatever, and so, Mm -hmm. and I... I'm obviously not going to go against my wife's wishes. So, but no matter how much I desperately want, like I'll come to your house. I'll come. I'll come play Beat Saber with you guys. Um, <laughs> so I want to play, but I can't. Chad is a VR just an addict. He just loves VR. It's games. just so good. I was surprised. I got my Sony like your 2018 in review. I got that like whole web page with all that stuff, and I had only played 35 hours in VR. No, and I'm sure like 34 of that was Beat Saber. Uh, well, like I'm sure three or four was Moss, and the rest was Beat Saber. No, and then Astrobot, and then Beat Saber, and then Beat Saber. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna grab my Mac charger real quick. I'll be right back. Absolutely. Uh, Chad also played Link to the Past, but we're gonna talk about that and like as a side quest later on in the week for Barf. That is our Barf uh, game of the month. There's like backlog accomplishments with respawn and friends. It's, mm-hmm. it's an acronym. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Love it. Yeah. It's like yeah. somebody tried real hard on that acronym. I was like, Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we both played Resident Evil 2. Did you guys have you played Resident Evil 2 yet? The, the new one? No. No way. I have not no gotten <laughs> Are you just not horror I, fans or I am never gonna play Resident Evil 2. I'm I I respect okay. it for what it is. Mm-hmm. I am a chicken shit. It is a terrifying <laughs> game. I will it is really scary. I, I will say. be I will yeah. be picking it up tomorrow. Because okay. I love the Resident Evil franchise. Yeah, <laughs> okay. so really excited about it. I have only played seven all the way through. I played half of four, and I played um, about mo- I say half of Resident Evil one for our barf. <laughs> 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 That's right. Um, this Resident Evil two is mind blowingly great. It is so so good. I honestly cannot think of anything wrong with it. It's just. It's. I, I don't think I've said there's like a flawless game, but it's just it's flawless. Probably right, because they've had wow. twenty years to like you know nitpick everything about it. But it's just it's so engrossing. It's so um, everything about it, from the atmosphere to the music to the graphics to how it all combines together. The gore system, mm. holy shit! That gore system is remarkable. Intense. It's disturbing that someone spent that much time working on gore effects. Yeah, when you're it's when the guy years. gets like cut in half, the very, 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 very beginning of the game, he gets cut in half yep. by the door, and his like entrails are all. Oh out. yeah, yeah, that was in the one shot demo, and oh yeah. man, I mean, did you? Yeah. Oh. Did you get any headshots at all in the one shot demo? Only headshots. Uh, a few, a few. The the aiming system is a little different than what I mean. Yeah. I mean, God, playing Resident Evil Seven. I have never been more frustrated with a first-person shooter just because I'm so terrified in the moment, and then I'm trying yeah. to land a headshot, but then I'm also <laughs> shaking from fear. There's just so much going on at once, and I refuse to play it in VR because I wanted oh to God. sleep at night. But oh yeah, I'm uh, Resident Evil Four is my favorite Resident Evil. Full transparency, didn't play any mm-hmm. before that. Just kind of caught up on the story, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I've played every one since then, and I couldn't be more excited to get my hands on Resident Evil Two. I, I couldn't. <laughs> Fun story about being scared from Resident Evil. The very first Resident Evil game I played was actually Resident Evil 4 on Wii. And I was playing it in the <laughs> living room wow. of my best friend's house at the time in high school. And any the Wii you had, you were aiming with the Wii remote yep. and moving with the nunchuck. And then you would also do the waggle with the Wii remote <laughs> to swipe your knife. 
And anytime I got scared, I would be like, ah! And I'd wave my hands, and my character, instead of running away, he would just sit there and start <laughs> swiping his knife over and over and over, because I was screaming. And I, <laughs> even though I was pull, pushing run away on the joystick, he was just standing still swiping his knife a lot. So I'm really That's glad that, that we don't have waggle anymore in these games. Yes. Side note, Resident Evil 7 in VR is absolutely terrifying. I could only play it in two-hour chunks. You'll pee your pants. But it's so fucking good. You should absolutely give it a shot. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> Not a this chance g- in hell. <laughs> <laughs> With this game, what makes it so good is its heavy emphasis on survival. Mm-hmm. I haven't really killed that many zombies because I'm too scared to lose bullets. Yeah, <laughs> I want to just hold on to as much as I possibly... I had 60 bullets in my handgun at one point. Because I just refused to use ammo, but it is during the one shot so... demo. I was so yeah. I I had issues with keeping ammo because I was shooting everything, and it took, even though you get headshots, it still takes like seven or eight headshots in order to kill these guys. Yes. Yeah, you just want to shoot them in the head to stagger them, then run by them. Like, yeah, you can't like yeah, it's not. So, so I was I was yeah. always running out of ammo in the one shot demo, and so as I'm playing it for real this time, I'm trying not to shoot anything. I'm trying to run by as much as I can. Of course, I'm getting bitten and eaten a whole lot yep. because of it. So i got to find a happy medium. But I think that adds a whole other element to the game. If you didn't have that scarcity in the ammo, it's survival horror. It, oh, wouldn't, it wouldn't be work, as yeah. fun. It wouldn't yeah. be as enjoyable. When you see five zombies in front of you and you've got three bullets and you're like, well, fuck. How do I get in front of that? Well, well then you also have um, the tyrant or like Mr. X. Yeah. Who is just, mm-hmm. you can't kill him. He just storms at you, and he's got to run away. He's the most terrifying part of this game. You'll just you'll be trying to do a puzzle. You're thinking about like, oh, I got to move these bookshelves over here. Then you hear a thump, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, like oh, why is he coming right I'm now? So you're like, about it. no, seriously, I was like trying to move a bookshelf, and it's Resident Evil. So like, you grab the bookshelf, you hold down the X button, <laughs> the character starts to move the bookshelf. It's thump, 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 and I'm like, no, move faster, please. This couldn't go any slower. It could go any slower, and you can't you can't kill him. You just gotta like run away from him, or I think it's like eight headshots before he takes a knee and stands there for thirty seconds, mm-hmm. and then you can run away in that moment. But like, I'm not wasting the ammo; it's not worth it. Not at <laughs> all. I can go for eight headshots. It's just it's intense. It's really, I don't I don't say too much because I don't want to ruin it for you, Parker. But it's yeah, of course. Well, have you played Resident Evil Two, the original version of it? I haven't played the original version. That's why I'm so excited okay. to hop in, and especially mm-hmm. because playing that one shot demo. I thought I was so terrified of Resident Evil 7 because it was first person, because mm-hmm. I couldn't see my character. And yeah. now you can. It's third person, obviously. And mm-hmm. I'm still just as terrified, which <laughs> Absolutely, blows yeah. my mind. Blows yeah. my I think mind. I'm honestly more scared in this game. There's something, it's just, it feels so much more claustrophobic in every area. Yeah. Um, there's like one, there's like the main hall, which is a really big grand room. Everything else is like narrow corridors. Gosh. And it's just. So there's uh, there's moments where it's like it's just a really narrow hallway and a bazillion zombies and you're like how how on earth it's just I can't make it through that there's no way and yeah just, there's, the dread just gets to you constantly there's no escape in in mm-hmm. that moment and I think in Resident Evil Seven there was once you got outside yeah a sense mm-hmm. of open awareness but yeah then again you couldn't see so far ahead so it was still terrifying I think the way that they mm-hmm are going in and kind of redoing all of these games. It makes it so much more horrifying, but 
it really totally. is just incredible what they've been able to do with that franchise since mm-hmm. last January. I mean, I bought Resident Evil 7 because I love Resident Evil 7, didn't realize how critically acclaimed it would become. And that was mm-hmm. the first game that I played in 2018. And now coming into Resident Evil 2, I'm going to be able to do the same thing is what it sounds like because it has got yeah. nothing but good nods from just about everybody that I yeah. pay attention to. Yeah, I haven't really heard really anything bad about the game. And I can't, like, there's there's really nothing wrong with it. Like, it's just, it just everything fits together so well. I mean, obviously, there's, like, little, like, thing, like, nitpicky things that you can mention. Like, I think that little check mark to, like, when you know a key's been uh, used is mm-hmm. too small. I didn't even notice that was there, so I kept keys with me for, like, too long. <laughs> like, things like that. But it's just, oh, my God, it's so, so good. And it's, I, again, I want to, like, share too many stories of, like, what has happened because Definitely. so much of this is just, like, of, of the heart is, not knowing okay i'm going in there i don't know what's gonna happen i just saw this thing crawl i don't know what's happening right now (laughs) but then that's all the fun leon or or claire or not claire yeah it's claire leon yeah leon and claire yeah i I chose leon um just because i know claire has um less inventory slots so that'd be more interesting Mm -hmm. second playthrough Mm -hmm. because there's apparently the second playthrough is a lot different yeah you you have to play through the other person afterwards yeah yeah slightly different well, one thing I appreciate that about that, too, is that it sounds like both of those chunks, whether you fly through it or you explore everything that there is to explore, mm-hmm. it really doesn't take up a whole lot of time, which I can appreciate just because my lifestyle yeah. doesn't give me the opportunity to play 30, 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And oh, so yeah. I'm going to be able to play this in a six, seven, eight hour chunk, knock out a story and feel good about myself and probably not come back to it for a while because I won't be able yeah. to sleep. But <laughs> I've put six and a half hours into it at this point. And I'm getting close to the end, but I've also been trying to find everything. Mm. And I like you can see the map if you've filled everything in or not. And I'm I've filled in like most rooms, so like a handful I haven't. So there's really, I mean, I don't say this in a bad way. There's just not a lot of content, which to is a credit to it. You can just kind of go through it, enjoy it, and everything is it's it's everything's really tight. It's just it's a mm. tightly made product as opposed to. It's open, everything, you can go anywhere. It's just, nope, it's laser-focused on what as it opposed, wants to be. As opposed to the World of Light on Super Smash Brothers that takes, like, <laughs> 700 years Oh, to my God. Oh. <laughs> like, I they just, just took every idea. So seven and a half hours for the main story, ten hours if you're a completionist and get everything. That's, yeah. that's like, the perfect game for me right now. <laughs> Same. Likewise. I don't have 30 hours, 40 hours to spend on every single video game. No way. That's why Red Dead 2 took away part of my soul. That's why I didn't even buy it. <laughs> I'm just playing it little by little at a time, and it's honestly a great way to play that game. It, it is. It can be. A lot yeah. of people beg to differ, but we'll talk about that when we talk about what I'm playing. <laughs> well, what are you playing? Let's jump into that. So, great segue. Red Dead Redemption 2, I am now at the end of the epilogue, so I haven't t- completely okay. finished the game in its entirety, mm-hmm. but... What a beautiful game. As well. Two parts to the epilogue, from my understanding. Okay. okay. And I enjoyed this game through and through until the very, very end where I just felt like I had to grind to get there, to finish. That's what I and, heard. Oh, really? Everybody. And, it's, and I was hoping that where I was at, especially going into Chapter 4, that... I, uh, you know what, maybe I'm going to be the one person that thinks a little bit differently. And no, it does kind of drag on. It gets to the point to where, honestly, like I would have just rather shot Dutch and the game ended there, if we're being completely <laughs> honest. Because he, by the end of that game, made me a very frustrated individual. But 
the world is just so beautiful. And every mm-hmm. time I, I could, I would get off the road and do a side quest or a side mission or help out a stranger. Or even when I would at times try and be evil and couldn't bring myself to it because I have to be the hero and the good guy. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, I just think the, the replayability isn't going to be there for me. I don't think just because it is, it is daunting. But yeah. I just I I do I love that game and I appreciate it for what it is. I don't think it's a ten out of ten. I don't think it's perfect by any means because there's a lot of downtime, a lot of dead time, especially when you're on that horse. And man, uh, as I love tapping A as much as the next guy, but Jesus, <laughs> I mean, I wish Xbox would count that. How many times did I tap A throughout my time in Red oh, Dead Two? You- <laughs> you can just hold down the the, the button and you'll yeah, just but keep, I don't, keep it. But I don't go as fast. It's slower. <laughs> it's slower, but you can do it that way. And I like the downtime, but totally get why. Like, I'm not gonna be like, wait, you don't like just riding on a horse with nothing to do? <laughs> well, I think it was. What kind me, of gamer are you? <laughs> so, <laughs> so God of War, I soaked up every second of that game, oh, and that is that my, game was so good. Uh, it's it's. My favorite, when I saw that in your bio chat, that's my favorite game of all time, so we can be friends on that note. Yes! But in that downtime, I was listening to every story told by Mimir, every conversation Kratos and, and Boy were having. And boy! I just, I would not pick up my phone. I would get immersed in that world. And in Red Dead, I would make sure I'm in cinematic mode, hold X, and then... My horse would go and I'd get on Snapchat or Instagram or catch up on IGN <laughs> or a podcast. And so I think that it wasn't as of an immersive experience for me. And I think maybe God of War ruined it for me, if we're being completely honest. <laughs> I think God of War spoiled me. And then I got into Red Dead and thought, oh, it's going to be exactly like God of War was because I was hearing similar things. And I was like, OK, it's but then again, the Wild Wild West isn't my cup of tea either. Greek mythology is so. Yeah, okay. that plays a factor. But I love yeah. it. I loved Red Dead. That's why I, I did grind it out. I'm still early on in Red Dead right now. I need to play more about of that. Sixty-five. You're hours. still early on. What? I haven't had time to play it. I have so many games I'm playing right now. Oh my god, it's tough. I just started Celeste as well. So yes, oh, yes, great yes, game. yes. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty excited. I I mean I listened to all the hype and I I can't miss out on it. I legit listen these... to that when I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> there are all these Xbox gamers at work, and all of them are coming to me and be like, oh, like, I started playing Celeste because it's free, and I'm like, you're going to have the most amazing time. Like, Please fill me in <laughs> on what you do. It's, it, it's a great game. You're oh, that's right. It's time. Games with Gold for the month. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. For just a few more days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. So pick it up if you haven't. Did you pick it up, Steven? I did. Um... Uh, hashtag Steve is bad at games. It's like an inside <laughs> joke on my own podcast. Like I'm terrible. So I actually um am doing okay um and enjoying it. I mean I love it and respect everything it does. I'm just so bad that I'm struggling with it. Um mm-hmm. I the only part that I really couldn't do was the hotel thing. I just mm-hmm. so I just turned the full oh, assist yeah. on and just burned through that. Um mm-hmm. and so the rest of it is actually tolerable. Um so I've actually been playing that with my kids watching um, and, like, them laughing at me because I die <laughs> so often. Um, but, no, I mean, it's an amazing experience, and I love what it's doing. You know, I, I so I'm happy with it, but, man, am I terrible. Like, it's really reminding me that I'm old and bad at games. <laughs> <laughs> it's also just a really hard game. 
I mean, yeah, it's not all my fault, but it's still no. my fault. I think what I love about that game, though, is how encouraging it is when you fail. Like mm-hmm. the loading screens that encourage you. Like, hey, don't worry if you suck. Just keep trying. Great. <laughs> we have this easy mode, too, if you need to fall back on that. I love it. Agreed. So the game I have been playing, I'm going to, as you can imagine, running a family gaming site, um, some of my uh, picks for what I play are, are going to be a little bit different. Like, I'm not playing <laughs> Red Dead. Um, You're I not playing God, God of War. War with the kids? I played God of War for myself, thank you very much. And I loved it. <laughs> like, my game of the year for 2018 was Spider-Man, obviously, right? So, like, that uh, was... Yes. Oh, um, we can talk it, about that. Yeah, so... I, but the game that I'm playing right now is actually... Um, it's Cat Quest. And we gotta I've talk about Cat Quest. Cat Quest. Go on. Okay. I'm intrigued. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Um, Cat Quest is a ridiculously stupid... Um, in the best way, action RPG where you play a cat. Oh. And you're roaming around trying to save your. Like, I don't even know what the story is. Like, I'm just. <laughs> sick of it, but, um, it was really snap. Like, it's literally it's be called. Ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. It's literally called Cat Quest. There's a sequel coming out later on this year. Ooh. Oh, uh, my that God. will involve two player co op, and you're a you cat. You just found and Chad's a dog. next game. He looks very happy. Um, right. And so <laughs> it's short, it's cheap. Um, Available I, on mobile a, and Switch. It's on Switch. And yeah. PS4. The mobile version, not so great. I played the mobile version. I, I, I really don't like that because it really does need controls. Because it's, mm-hmm. you know, you got like a snappy dodge roll and you have a bunch of magic spells Wait that you can cast. You're telling me touchscreen controls are not the same as button controls? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what I I'm agree saying. with you completely. I'm a professional. I can, uh, I'm a, I can say these kind of things um, I with authority. <laughs> really, really quick, Tate, for a second. I remember back when the, I think it was either the iPad came out or the iPhone came out. My dad's like, this is it. Consoles are done. Like everyone's gonna play their games on these, and like it's not gonna happen, Dad. It's never gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, ahead. if they'll give us if they if they would put out a reasonable controller, yeah, then maybe. But hey, Microsoft is working on it. Apparently, you don't want to slap a controller onto your iPhone every time you want to play a game, though. Like, oh, I- that's what that's what Xbox is banking on. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, but that's we'll gonna see. be an option, not the only yeah. option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Let's talk about Cat Quest some more, guys. Yeah, yeah let's sorry. talk about okay. this. 10 out of 10 on Steam, 74% on Metacritic, Cat Quest. Really? Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, I mean, part of that's because of the cat jokes. I mean, it's full of bad cat <laughs> pat, cat puns. Um, and really what you're doing is, I mean, it's the, the thing I really like about it is you actually run around and, like, battle on the overworld map. Like, there is an overworld map, but you're just, like, walking across it, and there's, like, little towns. Um, you, it, It's actually really, really fun. I bought it on a whim. Um, after Christmas, we bought a second Switch, and I wanted to put some more games on the other Switch, um, and, uh, it was $5, and I was like, no, I'll just throw it on there, um, and I can't stop playing it, like, (laughs) whenever I have a moment and I'm not playing something for review, and I got a bunch of stuff I can't really talk about because of embargoes, but, like, um, but, like, that game is so freaking good, um, I think it's a perfect palate cleanser. It's a nice casual game. If you are a hardcore gamer and you love action RPGs and you have kids around or cousins that maybe grab your Switch every once in a while, which when we all get this game, throw it on there. It's not going to take a lot of memory, um, and they can just slowly churn through it, and I guarantee you, you will play it and like it. Like This is one of those games that's just happy, and if you don't like it, you're a miserable human being, and I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> wow. 
Well, I think um, I'm sold. <laughs> I mean, it's so fun. I mean, and that's really what it is. It's just light-hearted fun. Um, but man, it gets hard. It 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 punches it's you true. in the face. But you know, I enjoy it. So I recommend it to anybody. I swear. Well, it Unless sounds like it sounds like a, I, a Lego game where it's fun to pick up and play. Anybody yeah, can exactly. do it, and you can sit mm-hmm. there and let your brain melt a little bit and just enjoy some cat puns. Exactly. Can I can I read you guys some of their other titles that they have? Sure. This might surprise you. Cat Quest comes from the same people who make Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Wow. And Gal Gun. You know what Galgun is? No. Oh, I, I definitely know what Galgun is. <laughs> What's um, Galgun? You, it, I mean, you, it can't be described. You need to look it up. Okay. <laughs> look up Galgun. Yeah. I have a phone next to me right now. It has internet access. Let's go let's get look go look up Galgun. Those Guilty of you listening, you? don't you know? Go look it up. Um, or smile knowing Galgun double piece. Oh. Galgun. <laughs> This is actually a game I think Greg Miller was obsessed with on Vita a couple of years ago as well. I think largely this because game. it was on Vita. I don't think yeah. it had anything to do with the game. <laughs> yeah. They sent him like panties pl- or something like that as yeah. like, what the hell a is promo this? thing. Um, it has a 64% on Metacritic. That's the, the PS4 version. Double yeah. piece. Galgon, double piece. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's, there's anime titties in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every character is just... Uh, anime character with short skirt. <laughs> it's just yep. every character yep. is that. Yep. Yeah. It is From what the it is. Of Cat it's, Quest. it's not quite Senran Kagura, but it's close. Um, I had the experience of bringing one of my podcast hosts. Speaking of Senran Kagura, um, are you guys familiar with Senran Kagura? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yo. <laughs> okay. So Senran Kagura. Um, it's called the the game was called Senran Kagura Peach Beach Splash. Oh. Picture this, Galgun, aesthetically, <laughs> but it was Splatoon. What? Um, so you're shooting water guns at each other, but if you take out your opponent, they are knocked prone, and you are granted the opportunity oh to God. shoot off their clothes with the no. water. <laughs> so I brought my team to E3, and one of the people that I brought is like, you know, she's uh, a, a women's studies professor from Oregon. Oh my and I was God. like, hey, hey, Doc, why don't you come, come look at this game? And she was like... <laughs> Why oh are my. you doing this to me? And I was like, no, listen, can we just get it? I wanted to get a video of her playing it oh for my, my YouTube channel, um, and she wouldn't do it. And, and it's fair. It was also really yeah. crowded, and she didn't want to, like, make fun of them or whatever. It's because it's obviously very Japanese, and it's their jam, but my also, God. like, that video be, like, used to be like, but see, you love these kinds of games. How can you professor? Yeah, it just would have been, it just, yeah, exactly. I was like, you know what? Th- this is not a great idea. But in my head, it was an awesome oh, idea. Oh, yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, it would have been hysterical. Yeah. Given the context and everything and her, like, not approving of it, but. It would have been the really hilarious for context me. Context doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. It would have been hilarious for me and for the three of us. We would have yeah. all appreciated it. Yeah. Everyone else. Would have taken it the wrong way, but yeah. So yeah, I guess they're made by the same people. I didn't know, um, but they're they are making Cat Quest Two. It's coming out in 2019. Um, that is literally a day one purchase. Like after Kingdom Hearts Three, my next most anticipated game this year. No kidding, Cat Quest Two. Wow. wow. But I, I'm more than that day one. More than Anthem, Sekiro, Days Gone. Bye. I don't care. Wow. Tell me, tell me, Sekiro, <laughs> Shadows Die Twice, or whatever is coming out. Never. 
cancel it and tell me that I get to play Kingdom or uh, not Kingdom Hearts Cat Quest Two, I'm in. I don't care. All right, that's a Dan, hateful Dan statement. Tack that's, will there's a lot beam, of hate in there. Yeah. Well, it's not hate. Oh, I'm I'm not going to play Secure Shadows Die Twice or whatever. Oh, I'm just messing with you, man. Only because that's a scary game. Also, I'm yeah. terrible at games. I think your kids might like it though. Very kid appropriate. <laughs> we're going to talk about, you know what, fun fact, we're going to talk about the games that my son wants to play in my uh, segment that I'm supposed to bring later on. All right. Because um, I'm looking for Sounds recommendations, good. so we're going to talk about that later. I have two brothers who are 7 and 13, so. Okay. All right, so we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, the other games that I've been playing, I can't talk about. Great. That's fair. We would want you to, you know, get in trouble, so. You That's may have fair. just literally oh. sold a, a copy of Cat Quest. Oh, I better have sold three. <laughs> the good news is it goes on sale all the time. So if it's not on sale now, wait. It will go on sale again. All right. Get it for t- if it goes under $10, it is way better than a value meal at McDonald's. All right. I mean, that's not hard, but you know yeah, what I Yeah, mean. that's, that's a very low bar. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's a high bar, though? What's a high bar? Gymnastics? So Sony Santa Monica having a top god of war, their new studio, their parent, not new studio, but they're preparing their staff and all that for the mm-hmm. next game. They have a high bar there. Let's talk about that right now. Ooh, nice job. That's a, Gre- that's a Greg way. What a bar. That's a really that's good. A gr- that was a really Thank- good segue. Thank- I stumbled wow. the words a little bit, but the concept was there. Oh, I knew what you were doing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so we're moving on to Fetch Quest. This is kind of just two quick stories just to yeah. – we're mentionable. We might not talk about it too much. We might. just depends. But, yeah, one of them is Santa Monica um, Studios is gearing up. Um, they're hiring a senior combat designer, a senior narrative animator, a lead engine slash pipeline programmer, and a tech art lead. So they're making a new game. No this surprise. Yeah, this does not sound like God of War. I mean, mean, I assume God of War would have all of these things. That's already. true. There are no pipes in God of War, so I don't You're know right. pipeline. Yeah, right. that's, that's <laughs> I don't think they mean literally. They're making I mean, a like, Mario uh, game, probably. Combat designer, that would be combat designer. They've got excellent combat already in God of War. They don't need to touch yeah. that. So, like, this sounds like something new that they're working on. Well, they're they're gonna they're not gonna copy and paste the code for the combat system no, in God of War too. But they also have somebody who created that already on staff. Do they? We don't know that they didn't leave. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, maybe they're hiring, also, so there's no one there right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can assume, right? Like, the game was a masterpiece. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Unless anyone wants to refute that. Uh, so if the game was do, a masterpiece. If you refute that, you're off the call right now. <laughs> That's why I'm not saying it. I already right? told I like you so, my thoughts on God of War. So. so it was a masterpiece. So they obviously don't need to improve, right? Like, they're not going to bring someone in to try and make it better. They don't have errors that they need to correct. Yeah, they don't Um, don't have to Breath of the Wild it or anything like that. I don't even know how to take that, but if that was an insult at Breath of the Wild, I'm leaving. No, it's Um, not. Chad will insult Breath of the Wild. It's my favorite game. It's just boring. It's the best thing Nintendo has ever made, full stop. Um, I I I completely agree with you. that you put out, and I heard you say that, and I was like, oh, gosh. I'll f- I'll fight I'm you. I'm gonna try to keep um, my opinions very quiet. <laughs> I will say we can have Steve. There's an episode called "Chad thinks Zelda is boring," and it was one of the hardest conversations I've had in my entire life. <laughs> to be clear, I, just Breath of the Wild. I um had a 15 minute argument on a podcast last year with Anthony John Agnello, who writes for The Escapist right now. Mm-hmm. He and I, if you see me, he and I yelling. If you see him say something bad about uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, he's trolling me. Like he's waiting for me to show up in his mentions and be like, damn it, Anthony. Um, so the uh, – okay, so I'm going to pretend that you didn't talk 
crap about the best <laughs> thing Nintendo's ever made. Um, I didn't so say God no Wars, no. To be clear, when I said Breath of the Wild, it I meant like change it up. They're yeah, not yeah, yeah, change okay. it up. Yeah, I didn't mean that like they a derogatory. Like, but I think by default they almost have to, right? Because I mean, without spoiling the end, clearly there's some things that are going to be different, mm-hmm. and so. I think it makes sense to bring it if it unless it's a rehire because someone left. I think it makes sense to bring in another person because perhaps that person has a different perspective to deal with different kinds of combat. I mean, the reality is in the the last game, it was a very singular style of combat, right? It was and maybe maybe now rather than Atreus being like an equipable item, more or less, maybe next time. (laughs) I mean, maybe next time you, you can switch. Yeah. yeah, like GTA Five style. You just switch between sure. characters. Oh god! I tell tell. I mean, they could absolutely do that. I mean, they could do all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah. but we know Atreus is like at the end of the game. I mean, no spoilers, mm-hmm. but like he gets more powerful because everybody does, right? And yep. so like he clearly is going to be a part of the next game. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and so it makes sense to maybe bring in a combat designer. Maybe th- maybe this person they're going to hire is going to be somebody that's like really good with archery. You know, like maybe they have a lot of good ideas, or maybe it's horseback stuff. I mean, it would really- be really funny if they just changed it, and it's just now horseback. You know, you're shooting air. <laughs> it's like it's just Horizon Zero Dawn, but with Norse mythology. <laughs> they just changed it completely. I'd be into Done. that too. Yeah. Well, and I, just I, bring Aloy in. I think just you bring Aloy in. I also think you start to see the focal point, uh, which may or may not be this way. The focal point changed to Atreus as opposed to Kratos. Uh, I, that's. Kind of my hint. Oh, I really want to. Can I? Can we just do a spoiler? Like, d- stop listening for th- like thirty seconds. <laughs> I'm like, bur- dying to <laughs> say your show, right bro. Now. Your podcast. It's your show, bro. Okay, spoiler for thirty seconds. Loki. Okay. Yep. Loki mm-hmm. kills his father in Norse mythology. Is my understanding. Yep. Mm-hmm. Get hyped. <laughs> Get hyped. Like I think what you just said, Parker. Yeah. Of like, yeah, it, maybe Trace is going to kill. Well, here's Kratos, the thing. And then he's the new God of War. My Norse Boom. mythology knowledge comes from Marvel. And Loki's <laughs> father is actually an ice giant. Just but like Kratos. He kills Odin. Yeah, perfect. Odin was his, quote, father. But mm-hmm. Kratos birthed, not birthed, because he's the male, but he, he gave his spawn <laughs> to <laughs> Atreus. So way he more be complicated than that. So maybe if Atreus got adopted by some giant or someone else somewhere, he kills no, that No, I think instead. one could. I think one could interpret. Kratos as an ice giant. Yeah. Mm. He's, because he is cold. He is cold yep. And he's sure. big. He's definitely swole. Oh, but absolutely. Also, he's also, he's also was a giant. So maybe he yep. kills him instead. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, listen, all bets are off on this. I, I mean, the end, unfortunately, um, GameScoop spoil, spoiled the end. <laughs> for me oh, before no. I finished it. Um, like a day before I got there, too. I was like, you, you, <laughs> come, on. come on, guys. But um, it, it was... I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. But as far as hiring a combat designer, circling it back to the news, hiring a combat designer, if it's a rehire, then great. You know, they obviously need combat designers. Um, <laughs> but if it's not a rehire, I think it makes total sense. Let's expand the team, mm-hmm. and maybe it's a different kind of combat. Because, I mean, between... We all know, we've played... Mm-hmm tons of different games that all have vastly different combat styles and i think it would make sense if he and atreus especially if they were a little bit detached had different combat styles i think the good news here let's say that we don't like how god of war turned out we can all just buy dreams and make our own dream version of god of war 2 wow boom (laughs) 
<laughs> Man, so, does somebody have the hip hop horns that they can play? Because that was the perfect segue. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, in Dreams, in the beta, someone recreated the PT demo, which was the teaser for the Silent Hills game that Kojima mm-hmm. never actually ended up making, um, and it looks really good. It, it looks, looks... It is PT. It, it is phenomenal. PT. There's yeah. also a Dead Space one, too. Mm-hmm. I'm really impressed. It looks really great. However, there's not really a game element to it. It just seems like you're walking in the corridor in PT. Right. Is that because the beta doesn't have the tools, or because... What's going to be capable in Dreams in the full version? I don't know. But it's interesting. It looks great. The aesthetic um, was matched. Here's a bet. Let's mm-hmm. all th- let's all get, think about this. Who's going to finish the Final Fantasy VII remake first? Square <laughs> <laughs> oh Enix or That's a bunch rich. of dorks in Dreams? Can you I would s- put money on a bunch of dorks in Dreams I'm going with dorks. any day. That'd be so embarrassing for yep. Square Enix. Oh man, that'd be and it's gonna happen. And it, you know yeah. what? Because you know, because you because you can steal asset. You can. I mean, it's not even stealing. It's the game mechanic. You can take assets from other people. Mm-hmm. So you know, the, the day that thing comes out, you're gonna have 57 cloud models to choose from. Mm-hmm. Yep. And every character is gonna be like pre-made. Like really, all it really would just take one subreddit mm-hmm. to just start going. And just creating all the assets, like, it, and it really pro- like crowdsourcing wise. Like, if I'm just th- like from a project management perspective, if like mm-hmm. one group of like six or seven people like really buckle down to do it, and then they go into a subreddit and they go, "Hey guys, you have dreams. Go make these things. We need this. Is the list of crap we need." They don't yeah. even need to assign it to a given person yeah. because if a hundred people make, they just pick the best one. Bushes. They just pick the best one, yeah. and so they can just put it out there. I mean. That sounds awesome. It sounds like it'd be done in like a week. (laughs) Um, It sounds like the asset generation will be done within a day. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of how easy it will be Mm -hmm. for that bunch of dorks to put it all together. And I say dork as – I mean I LARP, so I can't really give too much crap. Like I say that not judgy. I mean – But it's going to happen. Well, and I think – Oh, absolutely. Someone already made the first level – the first – portion of Resident, Resident Evil, Final Fantasy 7 in Little Big Planet, I think. Yeah, I think oh, I so. Know. That sounds great. Like I'd that. play that. Yeah. Somebody you were saying, did. Parker, I'm sorry, I cut you off completely, Parker. Oh, no, you're good. My, my Everything also froze up. But I think all of the nerds, dorks of people like ourselves, everything that they're going to create in Dreams, I think that's what watching that little PT-like demo Mm-hmm. Watching that made me realize there's going to be so many incredible things, and I'm not the type mm-hmm. of person to jump in a game like Little Big Planet or Dreams or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But seeing what I saw there really made me excited for Dreams to come out. And oh yeah, I think that is where I think this game is going to become successful in the long run. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be fascinating to see all of the amazing things that people create. It, this is kind of hitting me. When you said long run, this kind of hit me. This is coming out on PS4 at the end of the life cycle. This has to also be coming to PS5 because it'd be really crummy if, like, all this amazing asset creation, you can do all these things, and but only really for a year. Yeah. And then <laughs> you got to get the new console that you can't play this game. So this is going to be a cross-generational game. Like, this could legit turn into an alternative to Unity. This mm. could be a just a game development no. tool that, like... 
No, because so. you can't yeah. take because you no, can't not. take stuff out and run it elsewhere. Like you yeah. have to use it within dreams. What what I think it will be um, is a better virtual console than Nintendo ever had. Um, because oh, every you know oh, you buy this one yeah. because you you know what we're talking about Final Fantasy VII remake. But I'll tell you what, I'm definitely going to play all of Super Mario Brothers in it. Yeah, I was like, Legend of Zelda we made remade in it. Exactly, You'll see crazy stuff. Yeah. So it's. I mean, not a better virtual console, but, like, it will be one. Like, I fully expect to buy this game, wait a year, mm-hmm. um, or even better, like, could you imagine the people that wait, like, a year and a half to buy it and buy it when it's, like, or pick it up when it's on PS Plus or when it's mm-hmm. 15 bucks at GameStop, assuming GameStop still exists, and <laughs> um, and and can just roll in, I mean, rip, um, but, and then just roll in and they have the entire NES library because of mm-hmm. a bunch of nerds that just went crazy one <laughs> One weekend, that's just ins- that's just nuts. It would be really funny though. It's like, did you play Super Mario Bros. ever? Well, I mean, yeah, in dreams, I played Super <laughs> Mario Brothers. Sure. <laughs> like little, I don't know. I feel like that wouldn't count. Our bar. It'd be like saying, it'd be like saying, playing. like, have you seen The Godfather? No, but I saw a great fan version of The Godfather <laughs> on YouTube, and it was amazing. It was very well done. That's great. Um. So I want this to jump is the this. first like positive buzz that game has gotten in a long time ever. Yeah, maybe. It, mm-hmm. it has. Speaking of positive, I want to jump into this Nintendo stuff because this has been a surprisingly positive story. Okay, uh, with the Metroid mm-hmm. stuff. But before that, I just want to jump into this just quick quote from um, the president of Nintendo, Furukawa, um, about not apparently doing a Switch successor. Um, the quote is. It is an extremely ambitious but worthwhile achievement. So we will... Oh, this is about the 20 million um, console goal. That's the achievement he's talking about. It's an incredibly ambitious but worthwhile achievement. So we will maintain this goal. Nintendo Switch is our primary sales objective, and we are not considering a successor or price cut at this time. Um, interesting that they said it out loud. I'm curious what your thoughts are. I This is coming right off the back of it being the best-selling console of 2018, I believe. In the U.S. Specific. In the U.S.? In the U.S., yeah. It's not worldwide. PlayStation yeah. 4 is worldwide. Like, before that holiday period rolled around, the conversation was, oh, yeah, there's definitely going to be a Switch revision sometime in 2019. But seeing mm-hmm. those numbers blow up there in the last six weeks, I yeah, why, why make something new when this is becoming literally the best-selling console in the U.S. for the year? Yep. They don't need because to. they can boost sales even further with a cheaper switch and a new shinier model. At the when same these price. start slowing down, then we counterpoint. Can go counterpoint. They could also boost up sales by releasing a Pokemon game. Yeah. So yep. and they're going to do that. So well, I mean, they they that that is. I mean, Smash push units, and mm-hmm. Pokemon is so much bigger than Smash. You know, I, and I love Smash, but Pokemon is. Uh, a, is especially coming off of Detective Pikachu, which oh my god, I mean, that movie's gonna be so good. It's gonna be um good or bad. I mean, it's probably gonna be good, but the marketing push, like we haven't even gotten to the licensing expo yet. But Toy Fair stuff, I'm starting to get the Toy Fair stuff, and it's gonna be everywhere. And then the licensing expo, like Pokemon, is gonna be. <laughs> Man, I can't even put it into words. I mean, how crazy Pokemon is going to be in the mainstream conversation and then dropping, just leaning right into that with Pokemon Gen 8. Mm-hmm. Man, listen, They're my gonna... grandma's buying a Switch and she sure. ain't even alive. And she'll be much more compelled to buy a Switch if they release a revision and offer a cheaper version of the Switch to 
come out with Pokemon. Sure. Well, but they um, also don't need to revise it, though. That, my point is, sure. to, to this, we're not considering a price drop at this time. Tomorrow yeah. is no longer <laughs> at this time. Exactly. Because I don't believe so anything. That was, so. that was one thing I was considering. The other is that, like clockwork, every two years, Nintendo releases new handheld hardware. But they don't have... I mean, they have the 3DS. I don't think they're going to release any new hardware on the 3DS line anymore. Every two years, they release new hardware. Like clockwork, every two years. It's been two years since the Switch came out. This is around the time that new hardware will be coming out. A revision makes sense. They need a new handheld strategy because the 3DS sales are going down. So it's not that they're going to need it for Switch sales going down. They're going to need it for the 3DS sales that are going down. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make sense for them to invest in a new handheld, I don't think. I think it makes much more sense for a cheaper Switch to exist than a new 3DS successor. Well, and I feel like that's probably in the grand scheme of things and in the plan. But I also think they have so much intellectual property that they're working on and so many games that that's where their focus lies now because that's what's going to push the units ultimately. Sure, but that's and a so, different team with a Nintendo. The hardware yeah. team's not making games. They're making hardware. What, are they, what have they been doing for the past few years? Is Well, I mean, there are there R&Ding something. Um, yeah, here's exactly. my question. Is what if... Because I, I, I understand... I'm, I'm, I'm smelling what you're cooking. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> what if... Um, the smelling what you're cooking thing is because the Royal Rumble is today. So, like, I had to make you know, a little bit of that. I have my um, oh, my gosh. That's your dog. My that's dog my is dog. down here. Pardon my dog. He's uh, yelling at me. Um, so, the – it's all right, bro. Um, so, if they just – it doesn't count as a successor if they just sold it without the dock. No. So, they that's also a good point. They could still do that. They still do in Japan. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and if they got rid of the dock and sold a dockless switch, without changing the hardware specifications, it still has the thing. You can still put it in a dock if you have one already or whatever. Um, and that would easily let them knock 50, 50 bucks off the price. Totally. And, and I, uh, what's notable there, um, Tim Gettys mentioned something about He's he has a prediction that Switch will be able just to plug into an HDMI and yeah he's crazy there's no and way. go to the TV that way. <laughs> My question is what does the dock actually do? Like it doesn't doesn't process anything. It's literally just a shell that has ports going into it. Mm-hmm. So why it's a, a dongle? There's work. There's stuff in here though. I, I I'll admit I'm not an engineer. Yeah. Um, I'm way too dumb for that crap. Um, <laughs> but I know it does something regarding like power. Yeah. Like not necessarily like processing power, but the way that it handles like electricity. I know that much. Mm-hmm. That's why what you can't it does... just use any third party dock. It'll break your switch. Exactly. That's why you have to use the original one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think kind of funny. Dog... You're wrong, me. But I don't know, but like, <laughs> I, I, I know, I know that it is important. His prediction that he'll eventually be able to just plug it in. He crazy. <laughs> I, I was thinking the reason the dock is there. And I'm sorry, I was kind of zoning out for a second because I realized my dog probably needs to pee. Um, but I, I my mean, reasoning for the dock is um, maybe the reasoning for the dock is that it's it's going to keep the heat going upwards as, as opposed to they don't know where you're going to leave your switch and isn't going to have no uh, ventilation access. That could be an engineering reason why they have to have the dock. It will guarantee that there's an area for heat. True, to come out. but they know that. I mean. I, I would think that if you were 
if they were going to release one without the dock, it would be expecting that those people who would buy that would use it primarily as a handheld device. Yeah. Right. Not necessarily to hook up to some kind of other weird thing. It would be, mm-hmm. hey, your kid isn't going to use their 3DS anymore. Mm-hmm. Here's a Switch. Um, and I, speaking to a lot of parents, um, a lot of them have, you know, I, I, I've spoken to them and they're like, yep, we're going to buy it. And the dock is there, but my kids will never use it because they just right. sit on their couch yeah. and it's replacing their 3DS. And $250, like if they can hit that price point without mm-hmm. the dock, um, I the uh, it's not that much more than a 3DS XL because those are 200 Um and if they took the Joy-Cons off, they could save even more money. Yeah, It'd be great. <laughs> if they yeah, just made it your but, phone, then it's zero. But then that yeah. would be. But then that would be a successor, and we don't want them to lie because if you lie, then the FCC comes down and kills you. We talked about that earlier on. Like ninjas come out. <laughs> That's of a false equivalency. That's not the same thing. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I'm just being an asshole. But oh, I like, know. I know. But I mean, if he's saying that they're not making a successor, they have not shown me. I mean, they also, in the same breath, just told us straight up that they're canceling and restarting development for another game, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. So, like, I'm going to believe them. They're being super honest. So if they're not saying they're making a successor... Nintendo's a very honest company, yeah. Yeah. So that means they're not making a successor. Yeah. Taking the dock out of the box, that sounds like a perfectly good way to get a price cut and have it not actually be a price cut. It's a different product. Yep. Let's start with the Metroid stuff right now. I have to take my dog out to pee, though, because she doesn't usually walk up to me. She's not that friendly. She has she needs me for something. <laughs> so, so um, quick break. You, you know, you can just. Do you guys want to keep talking? I'll just come back. It's gotcha. Cool. We're pretty so, casual about it on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm you, back. Uh, you go pee on your dog. That's what. We're, that's what we're doing, right? <laughs> yeah. Nope. I'll pee on my dog. I'll be right back. One second. So yes, this week we're gonna make this our main quest for the week. This week, actually yesterday, I think it was, as of the time we we're recording. Nintendo released a video, which is very, very rare that they would do this about a single game and release like an entire video about how they're delaying it. But Metroid Prime 4 was not meeting their expectations, even though they revealed it at E3 18 months ago. And they have decided to completely scrap everything they've worked on. They're restarting development from scratch, hand-in-hand with Retro Studios. Now, before, it was rumored to be... They didn't officially announce it, but it was rumored to be... um, with, uh, shoot, who's the studio that was going to be with? I can't remember. But now it's going to be with Retro Studios, who made the, uh, the Metroid Prime trilogy. And most recently worked on Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, for Switch as well. Um, that's freaking staggering. As you mentioned, it's honest from Nintendo, which is something that's like refreshing in this industry that we just see honest transparency. It's super disappointing. I know that that was Holden's, like, number one prediction for 2019 it was his number one prediction for this is they've got to announce this at the game awards um what do you guys take on this kind of reboot of metroid prime 4 i mean for me i think i i wish that other companies and organizations would come forward and do things like this because like you said it's very refreshing in the industry i think that if this is what the game needs, this is what the game needs. And if it needs more time, if we have to go back and scrap everything, then I'm a happy camper because I am very basic with my time with Metroid Prime. So I'm not a hardcore fan by any means. So maybe it affects those people a little bit differently. But I'd rather them get it right the first time and for them to come out and say, hey, 
and this is what's going on. We're starting from scratch. Maybe if The Last Guardian would have done that 12 years ago, yep. maybe everybody would understand where that game was and why it ended up being at the level that it is. And so I think for me, number one, good move. Number two, if you get the past games remade and remastered or whatever and you throw them on the Switch, gives me plenty of time as a casual gamer to catch up while you're refining this game and making it what everybody wants it to become. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there with uh, the Last Guardian thing. Part of the, the conversation around The Last Guardian when it came out was this doesn't perform like a game that took 10 years to make. Mm-hmm. And this by doing this with Metroid Prime, they've immediately hit the reset switch. No one is ever going to be saying that about it when it comes out. That 18 months they've worked on is now just out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, what took so long? Well, we know. You guys started from scratch, and we've forgiven the last 18 months of your debt. I think forgiven is probably a strong word. Um <laughs> Uh, I shared this. So my take on it is um, fine. Take all the damn time you need. I have too many video games as it is. <laughs> so whatever. Um, I shared this into my uh, my website's Facebook group. That's um, a, a running joke that my wife absolutely hates Metroid. So uh, she gets a reprieve. <laughs> um, she absolutely hates it, and it's 100% my fault, and I feel bad. Um, I played... S- uh, my brother and I played 17 hours of the Metroid of Metroid Prime 1... Um, trying to get secrets while my wife was lying on the couch behind us with uh, walking pneumonia. Oh my and god! So she and like I thought she was asleep the whole time. It turns out she was trying to sleep the whole time. Um, and so, uh, so she will never let that go. And so whenever I even mention Metroid on the podcast, or she she's like that that game's not coming in the house. I'm like, well, I mean, I have to. It's for work. And then she's like, I will burn your computer to the ground. So she gets a reprieve. Um, I'm fine with it because uh, Nintendo would not have done it if it wasn't necessary, right? Like, they wouldn't have had – they don't scorch earth unless it's really important. And obviously that game was going to be crap. And knowing Metroid fans as I do, um, Metroid fans weren't going to put up with another bad Met, you know, mm-hmm. they weren't going to put up with another bad M. Ah, see what M-M? I did there? But mm-hmm. especially a Prime game. Correct. They weren't going to put up with that. And it was, I mean, it could do some serious damage to the brand. And Nintendo has been firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And they have other stuff coming. This is fine for them. I'm mm-hmm. excited. Yeah. I, I, I miss what Chad said completely, but it wasn't important anyway. I bet. But right, anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think I was, I was talking to Chad and, and uh, Daniel Rigera. Um, so he does. Um, the tequila podcast you check the podcast out it's pretty cool um anyway we were talking i was mentioning that it's it's like half-life 3 like if we didn't hear anything from nintendo it would have turned to the half-life 3 situation all over again it's like be thankful like that we're not just waiting for them just to release something or announce something and leave us in limbo whereas like valve has kind of like been toying with us like they haven't officially canceled it they haven't done anything they just they've been toying with people for like over a decade Mm-hmm. And they just by not saying anything, and Nintendo chose to take the honest route instead, and I think it's going to earn them some some good faith going forward. It's good karma. Plus, also take as much time as you need. I just, I'd rather have a good Metroid game than one I can play in 2019, unless it's a good Metroid game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to so, play a bad Metroid game in 2019. Yeah, like if it's not if it's on a bad Metroid game, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Listen, if you got a, if you want to play a bad Metroid game, why don't you dig out your Wii? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know what? I really, it, it, since they're doing that, can we get them to uh, like sign up Drinkbox, and can we get a 2D Metroid game in the art style of Guacamelee? Ooh, that would like, be down for that. There are some rumors that there apparently are some other Metroid projects that aren't the Prime trilogy being made. So I'm it assuming makes perfect sense. Yeah, there'll be a 2D Metroid again. I, 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 yeah, and I was thinking about that when that happened. I was like, oh man, so they're probably going to try and fill the void, and they could definitely fill the void within like next year. Like if they went and found an indie studio and was like, listen, make a 2D Metroid game, keep it small in scope, don't go crazy. They could definitely get it done. Mm-hmm, I mean, absolutely. yeah. And man, listen, could you imagine just a just how awesome like a cartoonish. Metroid would be like, totally, yeah. So yeah, I'm in. My wife is not; she's very much not. <laughs> but but whatever, I can play it in handheld. That's right. <laughs> That's the beauty of the Switch. Exactly. Do handheld unless tabletop. It, unless it gets moved over to the new Nintendo console, which will probably be like a refrigerator or something like that. Who knows what the next system is going to be? That's fine because then I can give her snacks, and then she'll be okay. <laughs> fine. I know it's Metroid, but just like, wait, don't open the door yet. I need to see the screen. Just wait one second. Like, <laughs> oh, then we'll yeah, get snacks after this boss yeah. battle. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think there's been some interesting stories coming out post the initial um, breaking news. And that's that, like, the Metroid Prime trilogy that we heard about, like, last month. And it's like, oh, it's going to be announced at the Game Awards. And it just didn't show up, even though there were, like, uh, um, um, like sales postings and things like that for it. And basically, the rumors are now saying is that it was real. They just didn't want to release it if they were going to cancel the game or uh, reboot the Prime 4 game a month later. So they wanted to delay the Prime trilogy to hold it off until it's closer to the release of Prime 4. Sure. So that's kind of um, coming out now. And also, apparently, one of the reasons that it got canceled was that they were taking a new approach with the development, and rather than having like one singular team within one building, like making the game, it was kind of scattered across many teams across a few countries. And like some of those teams were doing great, some of those teams weren't doing great, and they just they didn't feel confident in that process, so they just wanted to scrap it. Sounds like Final Fantasy VII. Yep. <laughs> so like, I thought that was. I, don't know, I just want the Prime trilogy. I, just, I really want that right now because I haven't played two and I haven't played three, and one's one of my favorite games ever. So I think I should. How I, does that happen? Right? There's I a know. story there. <laughs> so tell me how this happens. So this happens. So when I got GameCube, I got GameCube for Christmas with Metroid Prime. And it was like the only game I had for it. I was never allowed to get many games growing up as a kid. So I kind of always went for Zelda games. And then mm-hmm. by the time that I got, you know, I, I moved out and I could buy my own console. And I just didn't have an opportunity to really play it. Okay. Just um, other, other things I want to play, but even that's not really true because I actually bought the Prime trilogy <laughs> on the Wii U, and I played Metroid Prime One, and I'm like, cool, that was great. I'll go back and play Prime Two after I've settled a little bit. And Big I just mistake. Didn't. Yep. Big mistake. Yep. Never replay. Listen, this is advice for your listeners. I'm an old man. Okay. <laughs> don't replay it when you buy collections. Don't replay games you played before because then that you'll stop after that. Unless you take like a week's vacation or something, and you're going to churn through that, don't do it. It's like everybody that's excited that you, you know the Final Fantasy ten ten two things coming out in April. You played ten. You want to give uh, the beeps on not my that's end. A, uh, that was Chad. Uh, what me? Possibly a fire alarm. Uh-oh. Possibly. Got... It stops. Sounds fine. 
It's it not, stopped. I'm so, not on fire. Let's keep going. <laughs> I mean, you have witnesses, so it's fine. Like, yeah. I mean, we're looking getting, out for you. Don't worry. Are you getting swatted? Like, <laughs> um, so, like, the 10 10 2 thing, right? Like, a lot of people are, you know, if they play 10, they probably ignored 10 2, rightfully so. But, yep. they, should play, but they should actually play it because it's. If if they if they were job spheres and not dress spheres, it would have been a completely different game. Um, the one word, but like a lot of people are going to be like, "Hey, I'm going to play through ten. It's like, no, don't. You played that already. You did play the ten two. Don't because you're never going to do it. No one but, will ever do it, especially yeah. with Prime in the Prime series. Mm-hmm. You know, I've spent all this time in Prime One upgrading Samus and these cool new abilities, yeah. and then I want to start the new game and have none of them and have to do that all over mm-hmm. again. It just it makes those opening hours of Prime Two. F- feel like a drag immediately coming off of prime one yeah don't do that yeah. just don't yeah don't replay games mm-hmm. unless unless you're really going nuts don't do it this is a kingdom <laughs> Hearts situation all the oh, people God. are like i'm gonna replay all the other kingdom hearts games dude don't watch jonathan dornbush's five minute recap you'll get caught up then play kingdom hearts 3 also even if you get a recap you don't know what's happening no they don't know what's happening just play it just play the video games Boom, boom. Should boom, I do our sponsorships? Boom, boom. Whoa! Time for a word from our sponsors, which is us, because we sponsor you via the participation <laughs> trophy. There are several ways that you can enter in for this participation trophy. It is a raffle that we do at the end of the month. You can either interact with us on Twitter. Anything more than a like gets you an entry for that week. We have four weeks in the month. You can also like us on, uh, sorry, uh, review us on a podcast service of your choice, or refer a friend to us, have them tweet at us, hey, what's up? Will Ferrell referred me. And you're like, boom, you and Will Ferrell both entered into our raffle at the end Will of the Will Ferrell, month. frequent listener of ours. Yes. Uh, it's a random <laughs> man from Germany. No relation. Um, <laughs> this is the episode where we would normally make that happen, and call out whoever won. However, I have only tallied about half of all of the things because we blew up this week, thanks to Kind of Funny Games Daily, or this month, thanks to Kind of Funny Games Daily, which is why you guys are on the podcast. So thank you for being here, gentlemen. Uh, So, on January 31st, we will be having our barf discussion, Backlog Accomplishments, with Respawn and Friends, where we play a classic game that either one of us hasn't played, or that we both haven't played, or that we just think we should play. Legend of Zelda, Link of the Past is that discussion. It will be happening this Thursday, the 31st of January, and we will announce whoever won there. Of course, you'll also see it on Twitter if you're the winner. Shaboom. Um, this is also where we will interact with you guys and let you know next month's barf. It's my choice, and I've decided it's going to be Bioshock 2. Ooh, Ooh. yeah. Bioshock 2, yeah. but with the added caveat that you have to also play the Minerva's Den DLC. The best part. Right? I've beat Bioshock 2 before a long time Is that in the collection? Yes. Yes. Okay. I've never played Minerva's Den, but a lot of people hold it as, like, the best DLC in a video game. Wow. Yep. So, that's going to be part of the requirement this month. Bioshock 2 with Minerva's Den DLC included. Um, And then finally, we get to our subscriber interrogatives, which is our hoity-toity fancy way of saying listener questions. (laughs) So, this week, Ryan who actually submitted one a couple weeks ago for us as well, Silo Sword on Twitter, says, Hello, gentlemen. I've got an editing question this time. Y'all's podcast seems, to be, seems very raw and unedited in terms of what is said, which makes it much more entertaining and, rely- and relatable. I wanted to know your thoughts on that approach, as well as what software you use to sync up the audio from another. Thanks, as always, Ryan. 
Well, Ryan, we use a software called Logic Pro 10 on my MacBook Pro to sync up all the audio streams. But people record on whatever. Like, I think, uh, Parker, you're doing GarageBand. Mm-hmm. And Steven, you're doing uh, Audacity. Everyone mm-hmm. records that. We do a, like, three, two, one clap that makes me want to smash Holden in the face every time. <laughs> it's irrational. I know. But the way he counts down, three, two, one, it just makes me want to stab you in both eyes with the same ice pick. But, uh, yeah, we bring those all in. We Steven all and Parker have heard this. Do you guys agree? Should I keep doing it that way just to piss Chad off? I mean, I am. I always vote for trolling when it's good-natured. It totally, yeah. And I'm also in favor of trolling and tradition, so you can't stop now. Yeah, exactly. It's right. doing it it's right. If you did it any differently, I would now. be upset as well. But, uh, yeah, so we, we clap, and I match up the audio waveforms manually uh, with that clap. And it usually works out just fine. Uh, but Holden, yeah. our approach is like, we're not going to edit anything out. This fire alarm, you peeing on your dog, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on that? Way I think it makes it more fun, honestly. I don't, I don't like the idea of like, um, oh, scratch that. Let's just go back and retake that. Like it's a conversation. Like I don't know this. Like hear our conversation play out. I just I don't know. I don't want to have a. I don't think of it as like a show. Even though we yeah. have like show notes and stuff. It's it's just it's a conversation that's structured. Yeah. And I feel like to edit it would break that. Here's the thing. Yes, there are benefits to us doing it that way. It's fun. It's relatable. As you mentioned, it's entertaining. There are downsides. <laughs> there are downsides yeah. Like. Yeah, shit happens. It's weird. It's awkward for the listeners sometimes. But yeah. also, especially now that we have four people per episode, that's a lot of editing to do at the at the tail end of it. Like, I'm mm-hmm. doing compressors and denoisers and all of this stuff and marking chapter markers so you guys can skip from topic to topic and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I'm not going to go in there and fucking listen for whenever I said, uh, I don't know, we don't have mm-hmm. anything that would, like, embargoes we could ruin. But if I did mention something or the fire alarm goes off, or, I don't know, you sneeze blood. <laughs> We're not going to edit that out. <laughs> just because that's way too much work for me to go find that. So It's also, it adds a, a charm to the, to the episode. It is. When, when we can say, this is the episode where Holden sneeze blood, that's, that's charming. That has to happen. <laughs> and going back to the, the raw style as well, I don't, we never really thought about that. That was not really like an active decision. Like, oh, we're going to make a podcast. It's going to have this raw style to it. It was just, we just started recording a conversation. Like, we were like, hey, we're going to do a podcast. Let's just record this conversation and just see how it goes. And yep. we just kind of kept doing that. And it's worked out well enough. Um, no one sued us yet. So it's good. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't hurt that, I mean, at least the four of us, I mean, the way we all connected, I mean, we're all. You know, like following the family tree of podcasts beyond, mm-hmm. and so, right. and that was all. So that's how I learned to podcast. Um, you yeah. know, I'm, I do my own show, hundred and sixty some odd episodes in. I do. I'm actually on three podcasts. So like the, um, the idea of like the raw conversational podcast. I mean, that it, we're following our family tree. Like we're just doing what our dad told yeah. us to do, right? Like yep. more or less. Yeah, but totally. The um coming from. The the opposite side, one of the advantages to having an edited show um, is less about the people on the show regular, right? Like, you guys are regulars. You guys have a flow and you know each other mm-hmm. um, and you can communicate. Um, as someone who has industry guests 
somewhat frequently, mm. like designers, um, things like that, people who aren't necessarily in front of a microphone all the time, mm-hmm. offering an opportunity to have it edited um, gives them a, a get, lets them feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, and so that's the, that's my only counterpoint is that you know it, it, I'm presuming this guy is thinking about maybe doing his own show, which is yeah. awesome. Podcasting is such a cool thing. Um, I think that's something to think about. Um, is that there's the advantage to this raw, awesome, conversational thing, but if he knows, like, an indie developer who, you know, <laughs> wants to get on the show, it helps to offer them that opportunity for editing um, because then that might make them feel a little bit more candid. Like, they might be more less guarded because they know, oh, something's screwed up. You know, on my show, you can just say, sorry, John, and my producer <laughs> fixes it. Also, I have the advantage of I have a dude I just tell to fix it. Whereas <laughs> with you, it's like literally you guys. So, um, you know, it's that's specifically just Chad to in that case. Just to be totally <laughs> honest, it's in, in the editing, specifically Chad. <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah. a good point so, bringing up too. Because, like, let's say you have Corey Barlog, you know, talking about God of War and experiences on that, and then he accidentally says, like, yeah, in the next God of War, you're going to be in a horse as a Treyas shooting arrows. <laughs> you know, you'd have to go back and edit that out because yep. you have to respect, you, you know, his. his privacy uh, mm-hmm. of the company and their, their secrecy and that kind of stuff. Well, and, and give embargoes. You have to be respectful to that. Mm-hmm. You slip an embargo, you got to cover mm-hmm. that. We're not in a position where we have to worry about that because we just yeah. – it's just us. It's just kind of people. To be clear, yeah. we, I have edited things out of maybe one out of every ten podcasts, but I'm just so damn good you'll never notice. <laughs> well, or think- like when, when we lose Holden's audio and then I have to go back in and speak as yeah. Holden and pretend that that was the other end of the conversation. That's happened. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so I have uh, – I got a Google Wi-Fi home <laughs> set up recently for the, uh, for the house because the Wi-Fi is atrociously bad. And I would do FaceTime calls like this and I would just be cutting it out all the time. So it definitely caused some problems we had to edit out. But we've never really – it's been a handful of times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as somebody who's about to hopefully venture into the content creation category once I'm not in a different place every month or month and a half for my job anymore, I think a big thing you have to think about is your audience, right? What are yeah. you trying to get out there and who are you trying to get it out there to? When you think about those things, you think about your almost business plan, your strategy. That's also when decisions like that are made i feel like is if depending on who you're trying to reach out to they're going to want every single word that comes out of your mouth to be valuable content because they don't want to waste their time but then there's people that enjoy that raw conversation why because why does anybody enjoy staying up late and talking about life sometimes you know it's just Mm -hmm. a conversation that's worth listening to so i think it really depends on your audience as well that's a good point yeah to to give some feedback, and this is might be useful for you, Parker, because I know you said you're waiting until you're not in the same place. Um, I want to make a recommendation. Um, is and that's Anchor.fm, um, which is an app that is uh an all-in-one podcasting platform. Um, and it's ridiculous. I actually have a I have a second podcast. It's called the EFG Daily Commute. Um, hashtag selfish plug. And literally, <laughs> I record a podcast on my drive to work every morning and I publish it when I get to work and um and anchor.fm allows me to do that because it's literally an app on your phone and it publishes to everywhere and so if you're someone that's like oh man I don't have a crazy recording setup I don't have these mics I don't you know like listen (laughs) um if you have an iPhone or a decent Android phone your microphone is as good as the Blue Yeti microphone that I spent a hundred something bucks on um and you can you can produce content and anchor is free 
(laughs) So you can produce content at literally zero cost based on the device that you have in your hand. So if you feel like you have something to say, um, say it. Because um, that's one thing that I have learned. I've been doing this about six years. Um, In the beginning, I didn't – I thought, well, I have something to say, but maybe – you know, I don't know who would want to listen. The reality is there is someone who wants to hear you. And not only is there someone who wants to hear you, there's probably someone who needs to hear you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know that sounds crazy, but like, you know what? You don't, micro audiences are a thing, right? Like you guys, we're not, none of us here are beating car talk radio, right? That, but that's not <laughs> what we do, right? Um, that's not what we do. Um, but we're talking to 50, 100, 200 people who really, we become a part of their day. And if you, maybe it's six people, you know, like that's cool where you get to be a part of their life. Um, and that only steamrolls. So like Parker for real, download that app right now. Yeah. I and I challenge you already there. Um, tomorrow <laughs> start recording. Um, because, and, because it is it is liberating um and it is you know there's nothing stopping you um and that's the other key is content creation is steamroll is 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 snowball thing right like once you get started it just keeps going so for your your listener um he's he's clearly thinking about this right and he's asking the questions and he's asking the right people cuz you guys are professional i mean i've known you guys for 2 hours and i know more than that you guys are professional and you do a great job. So he's listening and has good examples, um, good I- kind of icons to, to pay Thank attention you, to. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so no, you're welcome. But um, but my con- my thing is, um, he's got two parallel thoughts. Like, listen to you guys, right? Keep listening, um, keep supporting you, and taking you know, following your lead. But also, don't think so damn much. Like, in the time that he spent yeah. sending that email, he could have recorded a podcast. And you know, he should have done so. We we were asked um, like for um, like tips and tricks kind of thing, and I think one of the biggest ones is just, you just do it, just just mm-hmm. start yep. because when you start going like, oh, this doesn't work, I don't like what I'm doing. Well, now you know what you need, need to work on next. Yep. So you've created mm-hmm. your to do list already, basically, on what yep. your next steps are going to be. Just keep just start doing it. Our our big, early episodes are just not great compared to I think what we're doing now. <laughs> um, but we leave it Same. up there because it's part of the journey and it's, you know, that's part of what it's like. You're just, you're not going to put out your best stuff first. Uh, if you did, you thought way too much about it before you started. <laughs> um, just do it. It's really important just to start. Totally just realized my 12 year old didn't go to bed yet. <laughs> I'm so in trouble. Done, I'm done. so in trouble. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, yeah, absolutely. Just do it. Just do it right now. Download anchor, download the thing. Record a podcast, love it. Send us the links because we want to support our. You know, I want to support people. Amen. Um, mm-hmm. Do the thing. Yeah. Do the thing. And, and also, too, like, go ahead, Parker. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, that's uh, very inspirational just for me, just because I've been battling that mental battle that you just brought up, and I've given myself every excuse not to do it, and I have thought about it way too much, and now it's time to just jump off the ledge and hope that. Yeah. You know, I land in the water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you will the land in the water. Is, yeah, you it's will. a giant lake. <laughs> yeah. You will land in the water. It, man, listen, if you listen to my first podcast, holy crap. Um, I didn't start reading like a script on my podcast for or have show notes for like 
uh, like a hundred episodes. <laughs> yep. And then I decided to do it one day, and I was like, oh, my God, it's like a whole other world. But you know what? I go back and listen to the other podcasts. As much as they are painful for me to listen to, they really weren't bad. Mm-hmm. And you just got to give yourself credit. Mm-hmm. If you consume content, that means you know what the content looks like. Like, if you were trying to do a podcast and you would never listen to the radio before, yeesh, that might be tough, right? <laughs> um, but, like, you know, you're making a board, you're like, somebody trying to make a board game, you've played board games before, you at least have some kind of an idea, mm-hmm. right? And then it's, then it's just a matter of getting your personality to shine through. And unless you, assuming you have one, which by the way, Parker, you do, um, like, you know, well, you have a marketing thing. Like, come on, you, you do recruitment. I'm sure that you've got your marketing persona. Just put that behind a microphone and I'm sure you're going to be fine. That's a good tip. Well, Hashtag so, pep talk. Yeah. Uh, the other, um, building off of that too, I was actually kind of thinking back to like, um, same comedians that I've kind of followed and like advice they've given. Which isn't obviously comparable exactly to content creation, but they'd say that, I think Jerry Seinfeld said this, you don't find your voice as a comedian for like six or seven years. Mm-hmm. You just, you, you do it and you fail and you try again. And like through that failure, that's where you find out what your voice is. Mm-hmm. So like, don't be afraid of failing because that's what's going to make you unique. And if you're not failing, then you're not unique or special in any way. <laughs> just fail, fail all the time. Listen, well, I mean, there's a quote about that. I'm actually going to get a tattooed on my arm is the idea of fail more, fail better, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, because you can't, assuming you are self-reflecting, and we're getting super deep for a video game podcast, but whatever, <laughs> this is good stuff, right? Like, if you're, if assuming you are in that cycle of self-reflection, which as gamers, we by default are, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you die in Dark Souls, you know why, mm-hmm. right? You you fall in the pit in Super Mario Brothers, you know it's because you hit that button wrong. You lose in Street Fighter, it's because your, button, your buttons were bad, right? Like, <laughs> we're used to that self-analysis. So as mm-hmm. long as you're in that loop, right, sure. and you allow it to be a gameplay loop, mm-hmm. and you self-reflect, you can't help but improve that's our whole we've spent our whole lives doing a thing failing and fixing it mm-hmm. so if we take that attitude and apply it to we should be able to apply it to everything but many of us don't but especially with content creation mm-hmm. um which has such a low cost of failure really <laughs> um because you know, very few of us it's our real jobs right like out of the four of us this isn't what i do for real like for real i work in health insurance right don't hate me guys but like <laughs> no, um, you I'm, one the good guys. I'm one of the good guys i promise um and like so this is so for me this is if i failed like the, my kids still get to eat so for mm-hmm. me it's like I, there's no pressure i get to just come back and i screw up i get to fix it you know what i mean mm-hmm. yep, yep. Yeah. I might get that tattooed on my arm, but I mean that was a lot. But, you know, we condense it down a little bit. I mean, bit. really small text. <laughs> do you do a poll, Chad? We did not do a poll this week, unfortunately. Okay. All right. I think we're gonna ready to move on to then to we're so fucking humble. Yes, we are. So each week when we have a guest over, we're gonna have a guest kind of discuss something that they want to discuss and kind of lead that conversation. I don't know who wants to start. I think. Can Parker start? Because my yeah. dog's freaking out. Yeah, totally. Go for it. So if I introduce your topic, Parker, we'll catch Steven back up when he gets back. Yeah, for sure. So, so humble, you, can just go, you just go for it. Uh, so originally, I was going to, as an Xbox fanboy, I don't know if you can hear me right now. Yeah. It's a frozen. We lost the audio just at that moment. After, and oh, oh, I heard we're frozen. back. Let it go. <laughs> Are we good? We're good. Okay. 
I can see you again. We can see your face again. Can you hear me? What yeah. a great face. Yeah, I can hear okay. you. Okay. Wow. And we're back. So, <laughs> originally, I was going to, as the Xbox fanboy, ask your opinions on how Xbox is going to bring it back. We kind of touched on that a little bit. So, just making this one up and pulling it out of thin air, I want to know, and I want to talk a little bit about everyone's game that added to who they were as a person, whether it was growing up as a kid or in the last Mm. few years, whichever experience sticks out in particular, what game has influenced your life in a positive way and has contributed to who you are as an individual? Mm. Wow. Um, I mean, this is going to be, I think, an easy answer and an obvious one for people who have listened to me talk for, you know, on the podcast before, but the Zelda franchise was integral to just my love of games. Um, my appreciation of, of of music in a lot of ways is, comes from that. Um, I don't I don't really recall of like what music I listened to as a kid. I don't really like I, like I know like I know I listened to like some Green Day and stuff like that, but it doesn't stick out. Like I remember the Zelda songs more than anything. I remember going to school and being like, okay, so I've got the third Triforce piece, the third Triforce piece in, you know, in Wind Waker. I don't know where the other ones are. And I talk to my friends and like, I don't know, like a lot of my social bonding um, came from those Zelda games. I don't really, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't come to my own until after high school, I would say. And my, my, my most memorable moments of, of childhood were talking to people about like Zelda games or like what we were doing in those games um, I don't know. Like that's, that franchise is just. If I'm thinking about a game that impacted me the most, it's probably that. I would say. I don't know. So the question of the hour is: which game impacted you the most? So is that what it more was? or less, which what game, whether it's been one throughout childhood or throughout the last yeah. few years, when whenever, has really contributed to who you are as an individual, who's really hopefully made you a better person or really impacted your life. Yeah. Ooh. Chat, you go. I got to think. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one to think about, honestly. Like Zelda, just because it's a big game, I don't know how it impacted me as a person. Sure. Though. It's, it's tough, yeah. Um, so I I would have to... This is going to be weird because I just dissed Breath of the Wild earlier. <laughs> but uh, off the top you of my monster. head... monster. <laughs> off the top of my head, I would have to say it is the Zelda franchise. As a kid, especially like I started with Ocarina of Time and then went back and played... Uh, Link's Awakening and stuff like that on Game Boy. But what that really... All of these video games, those especially, they really teach so much about problem solving and critical thinking that I interact with so many people on a daily basis who... Like like my roommate. My roommate is like, Oh my God, Chad, something's wrong with the TV! I was like, Okay, cool, what's going on? She's like, I don't know, it's doing this thing. And they say, All right. What have you tried? What troubleshooting steps? None. I just called your name. <laughs> but in Step Zelda, one, call Chad. Yeah. In <laughs> Zelda, when you get something, oh, no, there's a locked door. You don't just stop. You think, all right, what's around here? What's different? What do I have control over? What can I manipulate? And you start to look at things differently and from different angles, and you, uh, you problem solve. And you engage your brain in a way that develops these critical thinking skills that make you independent, that make you someone who sees the world as a puzzle or a challenge and if something goes wrong you can observe what's around you and what you've done and what you have available to you to fix it or make it better and you're not always relying on someone else to immediately just give you a solution or an out 
Um, Except there's plenty of Ocarina of Time and Navi's there to to let you know what the out is. (laughs) No, you always always ignore Navi, whatever. But but those kind of games, Zelda especially, really helped kind of build those skills in me. Uh, They were uh, my dad has this obnoxious teaching style that's very similar to what Holden and I uh, uh, were used to doing at our time in retail. Um, But it's a way of like, Dad, what do I need to do next to? to take this head off the head block off the engine he's like um i don't know what do you see on the head block that you might need to do I was like, Fuck, just tell me which bolt i need to take off <laughs> so my dad kind of reinforced those things but i think it's it's just made me as a person much more capable and independent and i see there are people who come in all the time to the store and they're like hey oh my god i really regret giving my son a switch you know he's only like six or seven and he's played like so many hours of zelda breath of the wild and i tell them that's great that literally helped me learn to think like an independent mm. person. All of those kind of critical thinking skills. So it's really long-winded, but I think that might be the biggest thing. That was a way better answer than my answer. Yeah, you're soft. It did suck. <laughs> I had to redeem you. This I is mean, why Chad I didn't, didn't go this, first. I didn't know this was a competition. <laughs> no, um, it's not. I mean, just Chad and I are just... No, as long as Holden comes in last, it doesn't matter who the competition is. <laughs> <laughs> all right well shots fired i guess all right so i'm I gonna go pee so slash cry i'll be right back all right okay. so my mine is less of a specific game but let me but this is a story i've told before on my own podcast so my listeners that i am undoubtedly bringing um will because i'm gonna force them to listen um have heard this story so they're probably gonna tune off they're probably gonna tune out but um so um it's actually an interaction that i had with my mother when we first got the Nintendo. So basically, um, I'm born in 1980, right? So um, we did not have an NES right away. Took a while for my parents to really, A, believe in it, and B, you know, save up money to get it, right? Yeah. Because it was expensive back in the day, relatively. Um, And so eventually, my dad went out and grabbed it. You know, my mom took me and my brother, put us in the living room because they wanted to set it up in their room because that was like the big thing to do back then was that way they could control our access. Yep. So my dad was upstairs for what felt like a million years setting <laughs> up the NES. And then he finally brought us up and he was playing Duck Hunt. Um, And so he was shooting the light, light gun and my mom was like, it was like so magic. And, <laughs> and we played Duck Hunt like as a family for a while. And eventually I was like, hey, can I play Super Mario Brothers? And my mom looked at my dad, um, like with me, like right there, and was like, so is it safe? Right? And um, my dad was like, well, I don't know. And I was like, mom, of course it's safe. Let me show you. And so I picked up the controller and I started playing Super Mario Brothers. And I didn't do great because I was not very old. Um, but the that interaction um, has weighed on me forever and that's why i started my website and you know it is in in retrospect that's got to be it because i've spent most of my life and now my adult life explaining to parents that they are safe and not only are they safe but these are good things um you said that you talked to parents who are like oh my god my kids played 100 hours of zelda and the answer is good yeah right yeah um or at the very least what else could they have been doing right like Mm -hmm. i mean you know they Mm could have just sat there binge watching dragon ball z on freaking funimation right (laughs) like and that's not necessarily (laughs) oh god don't even get me started on ryan story reviews um so the um you know so that that moment um i track back most of really my opinions on games and how i feel my place in the gaming space is 
Um, you know, and it started when I was nine or whatever. Um, you know, explaining to my mom, um, no, this, this is fine. It's good. It's uh, it's going to be okay. Um, and I tell parents that like on a weekly basis. You know, they'll mm-hmm. come to me and they'll be like, "Oh my god, Fortnite is so crazy. They're so addicted." And I'm like, "No, they're not. They're just that's the playground right now. Mm-hmm. All, they're playing with their friends, and they're not sliding down a slide. They're fly- They're jumping out of a fake plane, mm-hmm. right? Like, how cool is that? They're playing with their friends, and so." I don't have a specific game that like changed my life. I mean, I love Dragon Warrior when I got that, when I got oh, the free yes. copy, when I picked up my Nintendo Power, um, and that made me love RPGs, which has changed my entire life as far as what I like about games. Um, but that moment when my parents got that NES and I had to explain to my mom, um, that changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. And it kind of set me down this path. Mm-hmm. That's I awesome. Have a, I have a revised answer, if that's, if that's <laughs> okay. Go for it. Because you I took a potty break. No, I, I needed and, a moment. I needed the moment. And no, so I think what was struggling, what I had a hard time with is that I didn't play many games growing up as a kid. It was Zelda. So like, it's like, well, I'll just pick Zelda because like that's the only thing I really <laughs> played as a kid. But I think honestly what shaped me more was the lack of games I played as a kid because I was still super interested in games. I would still read Game Informers like religiously, like devour those things. I was really, really interested in the game industry because I had this, like, lack of games. It was almost like a forbidden fruit. Like, oh, I can't do this, and this is so cool. Like, look at all the stuff that I'll never be able to do. I want it. <laughs> and I think that cultivated my interest in gaming way more than any specific game did. Hmm. Well, and I think the reason why I asked that question very spontaneously is that I think that the experiences that we have in video games either at a young age or in some sort of formative years, make us who we are as gamers. And Mm -hmm. lately, what I've been doing is trying to figure out, number one, where did that passion come from for me? And why am I so adamant in becoming a part of this industry? Granted, my overall goal isn't to be a content creator and have that be my primary source of income. My goal is to be a marketer, a recruiter, a creative account manager, so on and so forth, for a video game developer, for Microsoft, for Sony, for Twitch, you know, so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. I've been thinking lately, wh- why is that passion there? And I thought about my experiences growing up where, yes, video games for the longest time and still are such a social playground as we were just talking about a second ago with Fortnite. But I think... Even more so for me growing up, I enjoyed video games because it was something that at times would bring my family together, bring my friends together. But the times that I remember the most are when I had to make decisions that ended up making me or my character who they were. And the first thing that comes to mind there is Fable. So Fable was one of the first Mm. games that I played on Xbox along with Halo, Halo 2. And Fable, I think was one of the first times as a kid I remember thinking every decision that I make doesn't just impact me. It also impacts the way people look at me and people Mm -hmm. treat me. Granted, a lot of times it was you were called the chicken chaser or you had (laughs) horns growing out of your head and people were freaked out by it. But nonetheless, that really got me thinking about who I was in the real world at school 
was I the nice guy or was I the guy that people stayed away from because I smelled bad and had weird things growing on me? And so <laughs> for me... I think that's just called puberty, Parker. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And, and that was around that time. So I think that that, along with so many other games between now and then, just are a constant reminder of... What I do doesn't just affect me. It affects the people around me, and expect, it also affects uh, my reputation and the way I'm looked upon. And I think that Fable is kind of what started that for me, and it's, it's really got me thinking about, you know, am I the hero in my everyday life to the people around me? Am I making a positive impact on the world? Because even in Red Dead, I try to be as evil as possible. I try to bring myself to killing everybody on the train when I robbed it. And I, nine times out of 10, do the good doer thing. And so it's really, I think those experiences have really made me into, into who I am today because I'm always trying to create a little bit more of a positive environment, which is why I love the gaming community so much is because whether it's through a podcast like Kind of Funny, it brings a group of guys like us together to talk about the things that we love and are passionate about, or it's a Reddit thread or a conversation had on Twitter. The video game community just has so much opportunity and potential to be positive and to make a change and make a difference. And I think this is when, and Greg Miller keeps saying it, when the kind of funny best friends come off the bench and start doing things, start making a difference. And I think that there hasn't ever been a better time to do it, not just because revenue and sales that NPD's putting out, but because there are more personalities and content creators that can make such a difference on people's lives mm-hmm. today. And even games like Celeste are a product of that. And so I just, I can't wait to see where video games coming full circle end up affecting our experiences now and for the rest of our adult lives for the better, because I don't think it just stops there. I think mm-hmm. that games are going to continue to come out and make that kind of a difference. So I just, it's why I'm here, and that's why I love it, and that's why this is so inspiring, and I really appreciate the conversation. That's awesome. Cool. By the way, I love the quote you said, am I the hero in my own life? That's going to be our quote slide of this week. Cool. Am I the hero in my everyday life? That might be the the first one that's like not super oddball goofy it's actually an inspirational like yeah to, to give you context last week was you're gonna go in there and you're gonna hug his butt you're just gonna get all saw that. his butt saw... <laughs> that's awesome thank you parker for bringing that topic because we are so fucking humble steven <laughs> great segment. we're gonna take a back let's bring it on back yeah let's bring it on back <laughs> so you foreshadowed your topic a bit what are, we, what are we going to be talking about? All right. Well, what I really – I'm going to continue with my topic, but what I really want to do is argue with you about Breath of the Wild for an hour, but I'm not going to do that. Um, that I'm sounds like a great back. side quest episode. I'd love to. Um, I'm 100% inviting myself back on the show so we can fight. Interesting. Um, I'm just – so I would we'll love that. to have a you and me versus Chad on why he's wrong about Breath of the Wild. <laughs> hey, wait, um, do you like Horizon Zero Dawn? Love oh it. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you guys will have one against me not liking Horizon Zero Dawn as well. Wait, you don't Ooh. like Horizon? No, I wasn't. I, what I, is wrong with you? Literally, the only reason why you can't play Horizon is because it doesn't have gyroscopic aiming. 
No, that's not the only reason why. That is a the contributing only factor, but I just did not like <laughs> aiming with the bow. Because I went for eight, I won't get into it. Steven, we're, we're so fucking <laughs> Steven, humble. We're humble. humble. <laughs> Steve, what was your topic? Dude, dude my topic right now <laughs> is why isn't Horizon Zero Dawn one of the best games of all time? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm totally coming back, and I'm fighting you, and I'm fighting you. Um, okay, so... Um, the uh, so here's my topic, um, and it's a funny topic because this it literally just came up today. So um, I have a 12 year old; he's going to be 13 in a couple of months, and so we're getting to that point where it's like, all right, is it time for Headshot City? Right? Like, you know, we're I run a family gaming website, but he's a mature 12, right? Like, he's not yeah. a little kid, mm-hmm. and so like we've been thinking about like, are we going to let him? Pl- he's been asking, can he play Assassin's Creed? Can he play whatever? And so here's an interesting conversation that I had with my wife today. Um, last, late last year, uh, I was like, you know what? I think we should let him play God of War because um, I think it's fantasy violence and it's really – there's no those aren't people. Like, it's gross, but, like, they're not people. And yeah. it's also, you know, there's no – you know, um, you know, and I think it's a great story. And as a kid who I presume will one day be a dad, I think some of those are some lessons that are, would be super valuable for him. And as a dad, mm-hmm. um, I'll tell you what, I learned a lot from that game. Yeah. Um, Don't be sorry, be better is a quote that everyone needs to pay attention to because um, it's absolutely true. Um, And so – and my wife was like, no, 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 no. And she watched part of the game. And I was like, well, how about Assassin's Creed? You know, he loves Greek mythology. What about Assassin's Creed Odyssey? And she's like, no, 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 no. Okay. We're listening to podcast Beyond this week, which was all all about Resident Evil Two, right. the remake. And we get out of the car, and my wife goes, "So, can we, are we going to get Resident Evil?" And I was like, "Of course not." And she goes, "Oh well, I was thinking maybe the Evan would want to play it." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> oh, so not Assassin's Creed, but Resident oh, Evil, the gorgeous game I've ever played in my life. So here is my. <laughs> but then she had me thinking about this because she's like, "Well." You know, I remember watching horror movies with my mom, mm-hmm. and that's absolutely true. And I think so. My my question is for the panel that was just setting it up. Here's my actual question: Does horror get a pass? Um, yes. In and because I don't recall any other genre where parents like celebrate watching stuff that kids shouldn't see with them. Like, nobody's like, yeah, I let my kid watch Terminator. (laughs) Yeah, like, nobody does that. (laughs) But, like, tons of people are like, oh, yeah, totally, I watched It with my kids. Yep. Does horror get a pass? Yes. I think it does. Yep. Should it get a pass? My seven-year-old brother and a 13-year-old brother, the the past two years have literally been, what horror movies are we going to show the kids? And, like... They went through um, it. They went through like the House on Hunting Hill, like the like the Netflix series. They've gone through the Paranormal Activity movies. They've gone like through some zombie movies. Like they've gone through to like horror stuff because I don't. Know, I think there's like a you know it's fake, so you can kind of easily more easily play it off as like this is hard. This is paranormal. This is fake. This isn't real. You've been afraid of monsters. Like you're challenging that almost. Whereas sure. like when it's real life, if it was like Grand Theft Auto, and it's like no that. That violence can really happen. That's a different thing. Here's why can I it can it though? Like Grand Theft Auto, I view Grand Theft Auto as almost as comically crazy. It's satirical, yeah, yeah. But the idea but, of but anyway. you could go up to a car and pull that person out of a car in real life if you really wanted to. Like you'd have to be a complete True. monster. But like Dawn of the Dead's never going to happen. Resident Evil is not going to happen. I think it gets a pass because. 
when you watch a horror movie, you know the killer, the guy stabbing all the people, chainsawing all the people, you know he is painted as a bad person. These are things you're not supposed to do. They are the scary. They are the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And when you play things like even the new God of War, for example, he shows remorse for a lot of the killing that he had done before, and uh, he tries not to kill if he doesn't have to, that kind of stuff. Whereas when you play something like Grand Theft Auto, where you have full agency and you are controlling the narrative, mm-hmm. I think that's whenever it gets dice here. So I think horror does get a pass because we view it as, yes, this is the wrong thing. This is not something we should be doing in real life. And that's kind of the message that we see. It's unambiguous. Yeah, that's exactly. a good point because horror, mm-hmm. horror has always been something to um, to question and um, uh, more morality is questioned a lot in horror. So you can kind of bring up those kind of questions as well. And those well, I, in, in a way like fables, that, like teaching you life lessons about things you shouldn't be doing, but in yeah, a murder type of way. Yeah. But if you look at like so many children's stories, they're kind of all horror stories. Like Hansel and Gretel, that's a horror yeah. story. Like it is. It's just played up nicer. I, it's not, I, I see why you're saying they should get a pass, but I, I just don't know personally if I think they deserve it. Just because... I remember growing up and some of those things, some of those horror movies like It, I happened to walk in on my mom watching It. And she was like, you can come in and watch this movie with me if you'd like. And that movie also just haunting my entire childhood <laughs> and even <laughs> into, into me, into high school and those years, it still freaked me out. A little bit. And mm-hmm. now I go back and I watch the new version and absolutely eat it up and love it. And horror movies are enjoyable for me. But in those younger years, I don't know what good they even could have done other than keeping me up late at night. And I, I, I just, I don't know. It, it just, because There's they can get pretty gruesome and they can be pretty realistic. Yeah, I think there's a challenge element to it, though, of the whole, like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger kind of thing. Like, you're powering through it. It's going to make you stronger because you made it through that horror movie. You're tougher. As long as you, you get made to the end it. of the movie, you know exactly. the killer dies. You're like, okay. Yeah, you, you made it. And I think games, like, you overcame something. You overcame yeah, the I, horror. I agree. And, Parker, to to be super clear, I'm not asking. Like, I don't know that they should necessarily get a pass. Um, but I just found it really interesting. That, like, my wife, who, you know, we, I mean, I run a family gaming website, right? Like, so I talk a lot about, like, Mario Kart and Cat's Quest and, you know, whatever, right? You know, Fireball Island on the board game side and all sorts of stuff like that, right? But, like, and a lot of times I am kind of reminding folks, like, all right, so God of War came out today and, you know, there's, he's got a big axe, so he does stuff with it, you know, right? So, you know, um, and so I kind of talk about some of these games, you know, and um, and it's always like it's the horror games that kind of get people's attention where it's like, oh, well, Resident Evil 7, you know, it's just scary. Like, and I'm like, well, no, not necessarily. It's not just scary. I mean, there's just some really crazy stuff Dude's going on. Dude's arm gets sawed off. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. real. So, and it's just, and it really caught me off guard that my wife, who has always, been, who has been very like, she's pushed back to, you know, we had a big discussion about whether or not we were going to let my son play Destiny too, um, and ultimately we did because I showed her what the game looked like, um, but even then, like through some of the segments, she was like, "Wow, this is a little intense," 
And I'm like, if Destiny 2 is a little intense, yeah. then Resident Evil is like... I think... D- d- that's Richter scale stuff. <laughs> if you wanted to find a better balance of like, it's horror, which sounds like your wife's more into, and a really good gameplay experience that is more mature, why not Last of Us? Well, and and we've and that's something where, and, and that ultimately, um, we're not going to do that one. The real people aspect the, of it, because I think, because I think that where my wife is coming from is that zombies are mm-hmm. zombies, and I think yeah. a lot of it yeah. with Resident Evil is specifically because zombie fiction is its own thing. It's completely impossible. Yeah. Um, and admittedly, yes, The Last of Us is a zombie thing, which somehow I played it and like got to the point where it was out and started playing it without realizing that it was a zombie story. <laughs> I don't know. The marketing worked, um, and um, I barely finished it. Because I can't with zombies. I have like super, like basically PTSD. Like with, oh. it's bad. Um, but so you're the, not playing Resident Evil two then? Oh, I'm never gonna <laughs> touch that game. Um, I respect it, and this is what I say on my show. I say um, I'm happy that it makes you happy. How about that? Like I want, I want the, all the success in the world for that game because I know there's a, a whole lot of people that are really hungry for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm. It sounds like it's doing exactly what it needs to do. They don't need my fifty bucks. I'll. Mm-hmm. I'll play Kingdom Hearts. I want to. I want to play. I want to dual wield Keyblades with Mickey Mouse. Thank you. I'll do that. <laughs> I, I want that um, too. <laughs> but yeah, I just I thought that would be an interesting topic, just to hear you know some other grown ups and what they thought about the idea of horror getting quote unquote getting a pass because it's it's it just hit me like what do you mean you're okay with him watching like. Do you know what happens in this game? <laughs> One quick note, too. Horror games, I think, tend to be a lot more graphic than horror movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that might be a reason to not do horror games, but 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 do horror movies, because mm-hmm. you can get a good PG-13 horror movie. There's no good T-rated horror game. I'll tell yeah. you what. Let your wife yeah. play the one-shot demo in the dark with the lights off, and then let her decide. <laughs> I, I told her that. It's I no longer available, isn't some... it? Oh, wait, it's four more days. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she's going to do that. Um, no, she's not actually, because tomorrow night I'm getting Kingdom Hearts and she's not touching my PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, the the one-shot demo's on Xbox, right? Yep. Yeah. So so she can play it on the Xbox. I'll move that to my workstation. But, um, you know, or she can watch a YouTube video. Like, yeah. I'm sure somebody's streaming it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Horror games, because they've got that, because they're also personal, because you're controlling it. It's just yeah. really interesting. It never occurred to me that she would be like, yeah, let's let the 12-year-old play Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. I always thought we were going to lean in with, like, an Assassin's Creed, or maybe God of War. Or, or like, like a Hitman uh, or something like that. Exactly. Something like that that was... <laughs> or a Manhunt yeah. 2. <laughs> Manhunt 2. Exactly. One of those things that's, like, not Grand Theft Auto or yeah. Red Dead, yeah, but, like, something that was, like comically like like a fantasy thing yeah mm-hmm. that just happens to have violence in it i thought i thought god of war was his best shot why not dark yeah. souls but, it kind of there's a horrorish element to dark souls it's fantasy you're never killing people in that game well one of one of the games that immediately came to my mind was dead rising just because it's such a mm. joke around oh yeah have fun game you can put helmets on these zombies heads and drive around golf carts and make your own and at this point it's and it's it's a cheap game but it's like i've there's some replayability there i mean i go back and drop in every once in a while if i just want to 
mess with some zombies. It's actually not a terrible. That's not a terrible idea. I think you would appreciate that. Maybe not now, but maybe for Christmas. Dang. So that's my topic. I really appreciate you guys uh, discussing that with me. No problem. Thank you. Chad, do you want to host us on this Game On Game Show? Let's do it. Welcome to Game On Game Show, where we play Game On on our game show. The gaming on the game show on games. Games. Uh, Again, usually this turns out to be Video Game Would You Rather, and it is, of course, Video Game Would You Rather, where we go through five scenarios and just kind of chat about which you would rather do. Uh, As usual, they start tame, and then they get kind of weird and crazy. (laughs) So we're going to start with one that is... um, Okay, one gaming IP has to die. This one's technically not a would you rather. I've always wanted to play one of these. (laughs) (laughs) One gaming IP has to die, and you have to eternal sunshine it from your memory as well. What do you choose? I'll let you know I created this thinking about the Metro franchise. The reason I want this to die and to erase my memory is because its marketing works. And we played Metro 2033 as one of our barf games last year, and I didn't like it at all. Mm. It was an awful slog. I finally made it through. But then I see the trailers for Metro Exodus, and I'm like, damn, this game looks good, but I know I'm going to play it. You're just falling it. for marketing. You're not going to like I it know. if you don't like it. I got to tell you firsthand, it's not that great. Yeah? It's but not I, I want to play it. I played it. It's not great. Oh, really? So I, I, I want to get rid of that game, and I want to get rid of anything that I've ever played of it, because it just keeps getting me. Quick thought, uh, so Stephen. Have you played the other two games? Yeah. Okay. So, all right. They're all right. Okay. Yeah. They're all right. Okay. Yeah. The books are awesome, though. Oh, interesting. I don't. The read. books are great. The books are great. The books should. They should absolutely make a movie. Like this is one of those things they need to stop making games about it, and they need to make Metro movies because mm-hmm. I think that would be awesome. Super gritty, mm-hmm. like underground. Like I think that would be really cool and i think we're getting to a point where that would be a neat thing yeah um or maybe like a netflix show which is basically you know one or the other but no i didn't i was uh everything that I, yeah okay it's okay. it's gonna be a thing i want to buy it because i want to i want to play it still but so Jeff, what what franchises do we have to decide between no oh, this you're is, not this giving me a choose you're not you're giving me a choice you're just saying oh, i oh. want to make it go oh, away oh, okay Oh, I thought you were going to give me an alternate. I have to choose one to just you have to make choose go one away. And make go away. That's why this one doesn't technically count as a would you rather. Oh man, you know, this is tough. This is real tough. Mm. <clears throat> you can say Zelda. That's okay. Oh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> um, how about you know? I'm going to say it. Um, I want. I would absolutely remove from existence Sonic the Hedgehog. Ooh, okay. I thought about I can that. Get down with that. I want Sonic the Hedgehog to go the hell away. <laughs> um, they've never been good. Nope. Um, and uh, it would have just made schoolyard discussions through middle school way just easier because I wouldn't have had to have them. Um, you know, I didn't, like I defaulted to right, but like now I wouldn't even have had to have the fight. Um, yeah. So for me, I would just remove Sonic the Hedgehog from existence entirely. Nice. I was thinking Sonic the Hedgehog, and then I was thinking because I, I didn't want to make this something that a game series that I've never gotten into because that just wouldn't be fun, but. A game that I wish I wouldn't have poured, or series of games I wish I wouldn't have poured hours and hours into as a young kid growing up and would be way better off now not having played them, probably the Jack and Daxter games. 
because I was I, just oh, thinking about those. I got my third oh. person shooter fix with Ratchet and Clank, and it's this weird relationship I have with all the Jack games that I really kind of want them to come back because I hear they're getting remastered. But then I'm like, and I also hated the platforming, and I spent hours in my bedroom screaming at my TV, and my mom yelling at me about <laughs> screaming at my TV because of Jack. And so <laughs> I think my life would just be a little bit better without that, and I could have consumed those hours playing so much else. <laughs> All right. I'm surprised it hasn't been said yet. Um, Call of Duty. Um, Fair. Because it's it's really not... You're also be- wiping out the gaming industry with that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just It's just for me... Well, actually, no, I'm going to change it. I'm changing it. Want to want I'm changing it to? And it's what? equally going to wipe out the gaming industry. Just any sports franchise. <laughs> just because I just <laughs> don't care. You monster. I just you don't, monster. I just don't care. I just don't care about sports in general. Um, go throw a football outside. You don't... <laughs> <laughs> Counterpoint to that. Counterpoint to that. It's a very self-centered response, by the way. Yeah, I know. Counterpoint, though, like, video game, like, sports video game sales are, like, one of the things that is, like, oh, a yeah. pillar of the industry. No, like, you would have no video yeah. game industry without sports oh, games. Yeah, yeah, like, they can make any other game that they have because of FIFA. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, FIFA's really good. And just because, like, I get so excited for E3 press conferences. Like, oh, I'm going to watch this whole conference and, oh, they're talking about sports games. Why? Why is Pele on stage? Yeah, like, people are going (laughs) to buy FIFA if it was at E3 or not. Why are you spending so much time talking about it? Because investors like to hear about FIFA. I know. Yep. This is stupid. Well, and EA... EA doesn't do that shit for us, bro. Oh, I know they don't. I know they don't. But this it, is a self-centered answer and a self-centered answer. All right, that's fine. That's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Where E3's it's only exists for holding Chris Adams apart. I can't that's help. It. Can, okay, can I add another one? Yep. Yes. Can I add another one? Because um, now now that I've, you've given me the hand of God, um, <laughs> I would like... Um, I, I, um, I would like Gears of War to go away. Oh, oh okay. Um, and here's why. Um, just make more Halo games. Mm. Um, like the realistically, I think Gears of War is a stupid, useless universe. Like it's just really dumb. Um, and you know, like big ups to all the people that like it. Like I, I'm happy you're happy. But if this never existed, then you would have just loved the Halo games that would have been made in place. Yeah. Um. So just make that. Um, I'd be down just for just don't... more Halo, but with a chainsaw gun. I'm yeah. I'm willing to I can think of tons of franchises now I want to get rid of. <laughs> well, we'll have to save those for and another day. They're controversial too. They'll piss some people off. <laughs> I almost said Pokemon. So I almost said Smash Whoa! Bros. <laughs> you two are out of your damn minds. Right, you two are we'll out of your to, damn minds. We're gonna have to Mad have a fight power. Where okay. we all just get on and yell at each other. Question number two. I'm in for that. 100. percent By the way, <laughs> another tame one. Play an Avengers video game, but you only get to play as Agent Coulson. Or you play a Justice League game, but you only get to play as Alfred. Oh, man. I would play Agent Coulson in a minute. In a hot minute. Yeah? Um, yeah. So, I always play support in every game I play. I'm always the healer. I played... My favorite Dragon Age game is Dragon Age 2 because you could play it. You can create a healer and play as literally a healer. Um, so, and I would imagine Coulson would be doing that, right? Like, he'd be kind of the man in the chair. He'd be helping people out. He'd be providing some of that support. Um, I don't need to be the hero um, to 
be the right guy for the job. So no, I would play Coulson. Alfred would probably be the same way, but like, yeah. I really hate Batman. Like, <laughs> if you want to talk about something I could erase from the universe, I would erase Batman in a Whoa. minute. Whoa. In a hot, hot take. minute. Hot take. And if you want to come at me, um, at me, I'm sure we'll talk about Twitter handles later, at me, yeah. I would erase Batman forever. And I, I would uh, dance while I did it. <laughs> I would choose Alfred for a very similar reason. I feel like it'd be a really cool kind of resource management type sim. I was literally thinking that exactly. Like, all right, I got to send out. Oh, he needs more ga- uh, batarangs. All right, I've got to send out the Batmobile, whatever. So I think it would be like a really kind of keeping all these little boats afloat. Did you ever um, play the mobile game Middle Manager of Justice? No. <laughs> oh no. It's it's that. Basically, you are like your your job is to assign like superheroes to different tasks. So it's very similar to that. You should. It's a mobile game. I think it's free at this point. Um, you should definitely try it if you like that idea. All if, right. You you could also have to maintain like the Wayne Mansion. So it's like you have to make sure that like hey, right. Batman's yeah, gonna come back. He needs towels. You gotta make sure <laughs> Batman has towels. For, to and be clear, morphine. I would not maintain the Wayne Manning. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So, what about you, Parker? So, if I'm gonna be in the Avengers universe, no way I can be Colston. So, I'm gonna go with Alfred on that. But really, because I would play the other side of Alfred. So, whereas he does take care of a lot of shit. But he also takes care of Bruce Wayne as a person. And so I would want to play the Alfred that is there for that almost father figure moral support. Whereas nice. as Batman's coming home from doing God knows what in Gotham, you're helping him make decisions to, in return, almost like a telltale game, impact the outcome of the overall story. So I think that's what why I would end up playing Alfred, just because I kind of sympathize with that that side of him. There is a legit game there. Whoever's listening, if you make indie <laughs> games, like legit, make that right now. We will all buy it. No, yep. it, for real, guys. Like that. Forget strip Batman out because as soon as you put Batman in, I'm not buying it. But like if it's <laughs> yeah. you know if you're playing like the guy who comes back and is the, in charge of debriefing superheroes and like helping maintain their mental state, kind of like darkest dungeon kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah, listen. I there is a game there, and it's free. Just take it. Just take it. Because <laughs> we're, we, we're not going to make it. To, like, make sure you tell them the right information on there to brief them properly. If they don't, like Superman died because you didn't give him right <laughs> you information. Sent him to the wrong place, or he yeah, like he, he went to a planet either. of kryptonite because you're an idiot. No, like that to send him there. Like, yeah, no, I'm down. Yeah. There is a game there, Parker. I would play that. Yep. I'll play that unless it had Batman in it. At which point, I would not because I hate Batman. Question number three. You have two options. Would you rather strategy guides, wikis, and walkthroughs didn't exist? Or every game had a mechanic similar to the Funky Kong and Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, where it's basically you're invincible and you can just skate to the end of the level. Totally that one. I'd much rather have that. Because I always feel really bad if I go online to look at something mm-hmm. and figure it out. But I won't feel as bad if it's like, oh, well, I'll just get past this one part, then I can continue doing the rest of, of the game. But I can come. Yeah. Become tricky though, because like in Breath of the Wild, I need to find this this thing to get over here. Actually, not Breath of the Wild, but like another Zelda game. I have this thing to get this over here, and how would a Donkey Kong or a, um, a Funky Kong character like 
help with that? Like, it would be like you boots might that be just like, like walk right, me boom, to where I can go I immediately. Like all the doors so, are unlocked, something like that. So to be clear, yeah. everything would be better if you were Funky Kong. <laughs> that's that's step one. Um, I mean, th- that's my counterpoint to that. Not that I'm full of counterpoints, but I kind of am. <laughs> everything would be better if you were Funky Kong. Could you imagine, Chad? Tell me, would Breath of the Wild have been boring if you were Funky Kong? Oh, most likely not. Exactly. <laughs> most, most likely um, not. Case in point. Um, I'm kind of with you, but I I have the, I can always figure out a way to execute if I know exactly what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like my problem is I'm just really stupid. <laughs> so figuring <laughs> things out is really hard, and I'm not very patient with some of that mm-hmm. stuff. So I gotta I I do not feel bad. The IGN wikis team works so hard, yep. and I'm gl- I will give them those clicks. For the uh, and I will gladly look up the cheats and look up the walkthroughs, um, because that's the advantage of living in the modern era. Mm-hmm. We have access to every piece of knowledge ever gathered by humankind. If one of those pieces of knowledge gathered by humankind is how to find that stupid doohickey to do the other thing with the stuff, I will go look up that YouTube video as long as it's not just some schmo that's like, "Hey, it's your boy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it takes like two minutes to get into the video. That's so true. It's absolutely true. It's so true. I would definitely take that Funky Kong route too, just because as an adult, I ain't got time to waste. Yeah, I've I've got. Can't be figuring stuff out. I'm on the same page. If anything else, for the Fortnite challenges, my God, or that one particular artifact that I couldn't find in God of War, one of those goddamn crows, one of those things would make me lose my absolute mind. There's a reason why I can platinum things, and it's because of wikis. <laughs> yep. Number four. This is where we start to take a turn. Which overcooked-style government shutdown game would you rather play? A TSA game where you're severely understaffed but still have to screen baggage and confiscate weapons before they make it through security. <laughs> <laughs> or a National Parks Ranger having to put out fires and clean up trails from partying teenagers before the forest burns down <laughs> that's already for Firewatch, so that's already a game. <laughs> i would do the second one i would be the park ranger because i'm already nervous flying i don't want to think about that piece <laughs> like i don't want to have any i don't want that to break its way into my subconscious so i'll clean up parks please I, I think a uh, TSA overcooked game would be fun as hell <laughs> oh I, absolutely only There's because there when you're doing overcooked, you're like, I-, I can't do this order. We can't do it. Just skip it. And yep. this to be like, okay, there's a grenade and a machine gun. It's, <laughs> like, which one do we let go by? Because we don't have time for all of them. But wait a minute. This old lady left her shoes on. Damn it. PSA, <laughs> <laughs> well, Total War, it would be like that in a video game. It's like that in real life. I fly enough. It's such a shit show, especially when – and. There's a lot of people out there that don't know what they're doing. There's very few people that do because not everybody flies all the time, and I understand. But my God, if I could just play that game, if nothing else, to help myself understand a little bit more why it is so crazy, then maybe I wouldn't get as frustrated when I go through TSA. (laughs) Or maybe I should just buy (laughs) pre-check and stop being a cheap asshole. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Question number five. Here we go. Would you rather... Assassin's... Sorry, there's a precursor to this. Games like Assassin's Creed Odyssey allow us to choose our gender and our sexual encounters. Which mechanic would you rather see implemented into Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Pregnancy or sexually transmitted infections? 
pregnancy, 100%. I want to see what kind of crazy kid Cassandra pops out. <laughs> Think about the also, implications on the gameplay, though. You are going into combat and trying to be stealthy, eight months pregnant. You gotta you pee every twenty minutes. Then it stops. Be- have you met a pregnant woman? Then it stops being about <laughs> stealth and starts being about God of War. She would just get super. Ra- she would go one hundred percent rage pregnancy, and then it's just a rage meter instead of like no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm on the pregnancy I- train. Yeah, hundred percent. Because uh, I mean, think about how much upkeep and how much. You have to take care of said STD if yeah. you happen to contract right. one. I mean, my God, it would almost and be if you like, get the it wrong would also, one, it would also, you have no, you are done. That's the end of your playthrough. Yeah, yeah and you're dead. <laughs> yep. Game over. I guess I also wouldn't. feel like, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good, you're good. I also feel like there, every single conversation you have with another potential partner, you'd have there to be a new option, just like, by the way, I have an STD, and it'd have to be like <laughs> another branch of like dialogue for like all of that stuff. And it's just, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I don't know. And it wouldn't be fun. I think the pregnancy would be fun. Yeah, I think the pregnancy would be fun. I'd love to challenge. get pregnant. It sounds like so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be, it'd, be, it'd add a whole new layer. And, yep. Yeah. <laughs> well that wraps up our game on game show which is our video game would you rather for the week there's one other thing that we forgot to mention our hashtag thanks for creating which is where we reach out to someone who created something cool in the video games industry and just say thank you whether it's on twitter or some other way you know how to get a hold of them um this week we are going to do hold please i have it written down thank an independent developer who's created an experience you love we had game dev in general for 2018, but thanks someone specifically who's an independent developer because they pour their heart and soul into these things, and uh, it'd be nice to hear something positive. So we'll put out a little, another Twitter thing on Tuesday for that, too, if you want to retweet that or, again, tag it with hashtag thanks for creating so we can see all the love. And that's a way to enter into our participation trophy, y'all. Get your $20 to the gaming service of your choice. All right, Holden, that's all I've got. I think that is, that is it, then. We're going to close it up. Perfect. Because I have to pee so bad. I have to pee so bad again, too. All right, everyone. And sign off for the week. Toodles. Bye bye. Deuces. Stay classy. Oh, God. Respawn Aim Fire. Oh, goodness. First podcast I've been on 100%. Yeah, I, I, I um, noticed we were going a little bit long, but it is, it is. I'm about to have to get off and, and do some work. Have a trying to. Yeah, I guess I can stop recording now, too. <laughs>